Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Big Fitness Podcast. I'm here with Matt Vincent, the man, the myth, the legend. I have heard so much about you, man. It's like insane. Like, I feel like I already know you from like all uh, all the things that Matt say, or sorry, not Matt, uh, Sean say and Micah say. They say so much about you. So then I started looking into your stuff and they're always wearing your stuff. And I was like, man, this is interesting. Like you have such an awesome message. You're such an awesome dude. And you seem to really be fucking doing what you're saying which is extremely difficult i find for for people and when i met you both times i met you i've left with like shit i'm doing it all wrong i gotta change what i'm up to because you not not that i'm doing all wrong but like man you you in a couple of sentences bring like a uh, an awareness so you have this like amazing sense of pulling people's blind side blind spots out which is awesome so you own the not dead yet lifestyle apparel brand mm -hmm. you are the host of the not dead yet podcast yep. you're a mentor coach uh for peak performance uh peak performance mentality and radical accountability we want to dive into that for sure and you host a bunch of retreats and you do a lot of traveling mm -hmm. and it's remarkable man so let's start with this man what is not dead yet First, man, um, thank you for the compliments. I uh, really appreciate it and uh, working on receiving those better. <laughs> um, what is Not Dead Yet? Um, not Dead Yet's kind of the ongoing transformation of my own philosophy. And it's that I'm more accountable to the years in front of me than I am who I've been. I'm always more loyal to the future than I am my past. I want to keep going that direction. I don't get to make any choices that affect yesterday. So it's all my habits, all my choices, all my decisions, all my interactions get to impact the who I get to become. And I'm trying to set that guy up for as much success as possible. I also am very aware of how temporary all this is. This time that I live here in St. Louis, this time that I'm alive, this time that my body functions, this time that my brain still works well, this time that I get to travel, it's all temporary. There'll be a fucking point when I don't get to do this anymore. And I'm very aware of how temporary that is, so I'm really present with it. I want to make the most of it. Do you, have you like, have you always felt that way? No. What, what, what is it that causes you to feel this way? What does it causes you to under, even understand that you should put most of your energy into the future? I can't really put it into the past for one. Um, so where it all kind of shifted was in 2014, uh, I was competing in the Highland Games and having some success there. And early that year in April, my father passed away at 62 years old from pancreatic cancer. It was a pretty short 11-month stint. And so that was really eye-opening, especially some timing of it, that he passed away the day before I turned 31. Um, it was this moment of fuck, I'm halfway through my life. And if so, what the fuck am I doing? Because I know how this ends. I'm going to end up fucking dead and not remembered and doesn't matter. And that doesn't matter what the fuck I pull off. Dead. That's it. That's how the story fucking ends. I believe the gift is this existence and making the most of it. I'm not a martyr for some fucking hard work that needs to be done between now and then. It's honoring how fucking rad it is that I get to choose what I want in my life. And so started kind of pushing myself that way a bit, and it didn't quite get tested and get loud enough until I got hurt at the end of 2016. And 
my knee went out. And so then I'm no longer competing. I'm no longer going to be a world champion in this sport. I'm not going to be a strength athlete anymore. Um, you know, the shifted, the shift went from, you know, performance training at a very specific thing to, I want my body to fucking work. I went from being second best in the world to traveling with a cane and not being able to walk up and down stairs for a few years, not mm. being able to do more than about 200 yards walking a day. And so on the back side of that, I realized how temporary it is that at some point this thing's going to fucking fail again and I'll lose it and I won't be able to do the things I want to do. So now's the fucking time. Hmm. So like how, how, how long were you involved in sports building this, uh, building this identity of, of strength athlete forever? I mean, whether that was growing up playing sports, uh, as a kid, uh, in Louisiana to, you know, high school sports, which was focused on football and then track and field. And then from there, I chose to go into, uh, the NCAA and compete at LSU and track and field as a shot put discus and hammer thrower. Um, finished that up, took some years away from lifting and things and found my way back, tried entrepreneurship, failed, found my way back into taking care of myself. And I got into strongman, which I don't know if that's taking care of yourself, but getting stronger. <laughs> right. Um, right. I used to work in a, a strongman gym, man. It was, it was nuts. I mean, it's insanely impressive, but it just seems biomechanically unsound. <laughs> uh, it's temporary. Yeah. Right. It's a temporary pursuit. That's not a fucking lifetime thing you're going to get to do. It's not supposed yeah. to be. And so, uh, but fell back in love with strength and really felt that strength and performance was my craft, that that's what I wanted to understand everything I could about. And so then apply it to founding Highland Games, which, you know, everything kind of led to me being pretty good at from having 12 or 15 years worth of throwing background from college and high school and middle school to then getting the, you know, max strength stuff that I got from powerlifting, weightlifting and strongman. And then they kind of all apply together to, for the Highland Games. Were you always pretty good at sports or so like, just like right off the bat, you, you didn't have, I to mean, play. there's some I'm not as good at, right? Like, right, right? I mean, I wasn't playing high school baseball or basketball, but I mean, I played both of those things at a young age. Um, we didn't really specify sports really until high school. And then from there it was lean into the things I'm good at. And so high school, you know, had options to go play football in college or do track and field. And I wanted to do track and field. When you were playing sports, was it like, uh, when you were playing sports, did you still have like the same drive to like learn about personal growth or was it a different, was there a different no, personality around that? Fucking 17, 18 year old kid, man. Um, it wasn't any of that development until much later after the physical side kind of got taken that I understood of what the recipe was of how to get better at something physically. So I just copy and paste that over to how to get better at anything. Dude, I'm going to read something real quick because you kind of ran through this and I want to kind of get your idea around this uh, because it sort of seems like the sort of the theme to some degree. But uh, I got a quote here by Carl Jung. Uh, and it's about like the meaning of like the purpose. Absolutely. Let's get it. So, and then I got a question for you around it. So as far as we can, this is the quote, as far as we can discern the sole purpose of human existence is to kindle a light, sorry, kindle a light in the darkness of mere being. 
a Swiss, he's a Swiss psycho, uh, uh, Swiss psychologist, um, psychiatrist, psychoanalyst. Um, the quote reflects his belief that one of the fundamental purposes of human existence is to find meaning and significance in the face of the existential existential challenges and uncertainties in life. So what, what in your mind do you think is true out of that? All of it. And, and I guess like, I mean, what do you, what do you think the, uh, what do you think he means when he says uh, kindling a light in the darkness of mere being? Well, it's passion, right? It's purpose. It's finding a direction for your fucking compass. You know, I mean, how lucky we are at this point, especially if we're going to talk about existentialism, like how lucky we are at this point to even have the opportunity to chase the things we want. Like we're some of the first humans ever in 160,000 years that Homo sapiens have been around that even have the opportunity to do so. My day's not spent gathering fucking firewood and hunting. All the things I'm chasing are simply because I'm curious. Because I have time. Because I get to try things. I don't have to get crushed by overabundance and get fat simply because I can be comfortable. I can choose the other. And I find that really purposeful. I find a lot that I learned from it. I like the way... Doing those activities makes me feel. So I do things that make me feel how I want to. I don't base my actions on how I feel before I do them. I find like, I, I think fundamentally the idea is to figure out purpose uh, when it comes to your endurance, I think, um, in life, your endurance. It's directly, it's directly related or predicated on your clarity of vision. That's what I, I usually say. But the clarity of vision and your purpose seem to be an illusion. You know, if you were to think about it, you know, in terms of like, is there really a purpose to be on here? Is there a reason? Like, is there a purpose in the grand scheme of the universe to be human? Yeah. I don't care. Right. How do you do that? How do I not care about it? If you don't have, yeah, so that's what I mean. Like, what is it? How do you not, how do you, how do you move yourself forward based on curiosity alone? Because what, not what's important is what's important to me. I don't give a fuck what the grand scheme of importance is. I'm the one who gets to choose. And that's the only fucking person who gets a vote. But I got to be all in. I'm not making my choices based on what other people think. I look, at the, look around at the world and I see average people that are fucking miserable. Sure as fuck ain't following that. Hmm. No doubt. What do you think causes them to be that? number of things. I think there's a number of things. I think it can be a mixture of the environment you grew up in and what your parents taught you as possibility, what... Teachers and other influence have given you opportunity to find that, you know, you could succeed or not succeed based in this pretty standard protocol that we run through kids in the education system. And whether or not you believe any of that that got taught to you. Man, that's rough, though, right? Like a person, a person will die for their beliefs, yep. even though they didn't have any choice to have them. I find this to be no, incredibly. That's not true. OK, go, go you ahead. You have a fucking choice. You don't have to believe those things. One of those big things that's nice to realize is I don't care what religion you, you, know, you, you are or have or what your spiritual thing is, as long as you realize that most likely if you were born in a different longitude and latitude, you'd have a different one. So you didn't fucking pick it. I prefer people that have educated themselves and make the choice of who they want to be, not based on what got pre-installed in the operating system by people I didn't fucking ask. Dude, 100%. 
One hundred percent. That's that's most. That's most. I feel like that's most people. Seems like they're kind of you're you're kind of born into a situation like where like maybe your parents are like I don't know. They don't know anything. They're uneducated. They put you into the public the public school system, and then maybe you just become resentful as a as a teenager, and like you don't have any check marks or like people in your life that influence you. When you were growing up, like as a kid, did you have any? Do you have any any like specific influences in your life, like? How was it with your like parents growing up? My brother, more than anything else. Um, my parents are awesome. Very, lot of love, especially mom's side was lots of love, lots of optimism, lots of interest in what we had interest in. They also put us in art classes and different things like that. So we got a lot of exposure to different things. Dad was a, you know, my mom's a kindergarten teacher. My dad was a boilermaker working in a refinery. And so dad was a bit more of a hard ass doing outside things and a bit proud to be an asshole. And, but he was a disciplinarian and we got, I got both sides of it, but it wasn't both sides like mom and dad. Like I know very well, I was loved by both tremendously. I also understood what the fucking consequences for my actions were. Dude. When, when you're like talking, this is, this is crazy. You're like the most intimidating, approachable guy I've ever met <laughs> in my life or like, like approachable, intimidating. I see like a switch in you when you're like, dude, I'm sick and tired of people saying this shit. <laughs> when you, you've been a coach for a while, man. You've been a coach for a long time. And uh, I once saw this video of you, you were talking about accountability mm-hmm. and some, someone was saying, well, dude, like I'm failing because you're not keeping me accountable. And then you had something good to say about that on the back end. You, what is your thoughts on that? Yeah, I'll never fucking care about your dreams more than you. Yeah. Period. I believe in radical accountability. That means to hear. That's you. You don't fucking get, it's well, Hermosi or any of the other popular quotes that are around, right? Like, you don't get the results from the work you didn't do. You think just because you put in effort and you cared a lot, it should work out? That ain't how it fucking goes. It's competitive, man. Think people are just handing out great lives? That ain't how it works. Decide it's the fucking most important thing to you and take your actions based on that. And if it isn't, it fucking admit it and deal with the consequences there. Say good enough's fine and let yourself off the hook, but quit living on the fucking fence. Caught between this identity of who I was and what I learned and what my limitations are that I have agreed to versus who the fuck I want to be. Because if I learned all these habits in the first half, that means I can learn the new ones now. If I accidentally learned these simply based on who I was around and the environment I was in, what if I got really intentional about that? What if I was really fucking intentional about who I spent my time with, the type of conversations I wanted to have, the information I take in? Wouldn't all that affect me the same way the first chapter did and continue to pull me in that direction? Of course it does. Look, if you've got six fat friends and you're skinny seventh, prepare to be fat. Mm, that's interesting, man, right? Because that's definitely true. That's like kind of the power of community. Why, dude, like, why do you think that is? Why do you think that willpower fails you in a community full of people that don't think the way that you want to think? Well, it doesn't always. It still goes down to the individual. You still find people that have their shit together. Yeah. You know, but there's also going to be some isolation there between the way you think and the way the group around you thinks. And at some point, normal becomes normal. And you either accept this is what you want and you're happy in it or don't. If you're fucking happy in it and you love your life, I don't have anything for you to change. Fucking let it rip. But if you feel a different way about it, 
and pretend that you don't have any options, you're fucking lying. Yeah, 100%. And that may mean the new life you want will cost you the old one. Personally, I'm willing to fucking burn it down for it. Do, have you dealt with a lot of resistance with this, uh, with this mindset? You mean internally or like, externally? Like people who ex- externally first. <laughs> um, sure. Uh, yeah, it happens. Do people come at you like, no, dude, you, you don't understand. No. Because I get that. I don't get any of that. You don't get any of that? No. I feel like I say some of this stuff and I get a lot of that. Do you give those people attention after they say something? Damn. I don't. I fucking block and delete them. You're Fuck the yourselves. I don't give a shit about people with their hands down. I want to talk to people who are interested. So the energy goes there. So, so like the old cliche, you know, the, the old cliche as a coach, as a coach uh, of 11 years, I've always sort of been this guy. Um, and so this is sort of the complete opposite of what you just said. So tell me what your thoughts are on this. The old cliche, you can walk a horse to water, but you can't force them to drink. Is there any virtue or merit in finding a way to inspire that horse to drink or should you not waste your time? I mean, I think there's, I mean, horses aren't people, right? So yeah, <laughs> I, I think that there's, you don't know what you don't know, right? And so there's lots of options out there that people haven't ever even been exposed to. There's lots of new thought ways. There's new things. And I know for me personally, there was tons of new things that I hadn't been exposed to in my former life, former way of thinking or any of that. And as I started to explore those things and realize that there aren't any fucking rules as far as right or wrong or good or bad, it simply comes down to, does this get the, res- the response I want? Does this make me feel how I want to feel? Does this spark what I'm looking to spark? Does this provide me a better life toward what I want to create? And if it does, take more steps, right? So I think exposure is part of it. But having someone continue to follow through on it, it's up to them. Mm. Uh, how do you find uh, how do you find these criteria for 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 what you want to feel, who you want to be, where you want to be, and how do you know that you're setting the right criteria? I explore. I don't stay in one place. I don't sit in my universe and do that. I go to others. I attend retreats. I get outside. I spend time alone. I purposely find new environments to go push my limitations of what I know. I want to be uncomfortable. That's where adaptation happens. It doesn't happen in comfort. Well, it does, right? But it goes the other way. Like if normal is standing and I decide to sit all the time, my body will decide, fuck yeah, we sit all the time. Let's start shutting stuff down that we don't need. You're not going to be able to keep sprinting. But if you want the adaptation to go the other way, the discomfort has to go that way and your body will do it. It doesn't give a shit. It'll happily listen. It can be trained. It's kind of like the old idea that like, you know, this would people always say like, you got to listen to your body. If you're, what, what if your body wants to sit on the couch and eat, eat potato chips all day? Are you unhappy? Yeah, I guess that's what it is. Then stop. That's what your body's telling you. Mm. That feeling of anxiety, that feeling of existential dread, that feeling of lack of self-worth, lack of confidence, and all these things. These are those fucking flags that have been popping up for a long time saying, do something fucking different. You've chosen not to listen, and so eventually they get louder to the point that you try to silence them and distract yourself from them and cover them up instead of addressing the problem. 
Why do you think they're covering them up? Why do you think people covered up? Because it's fucking easy. That's yeah. also the consumerism of what we've built. We're, we're a country that the only God we fucking pray to is maximize profit, man. And everyone's on board. No one wants change. Everyone wants to cover a symptom. And it doesn't work. Yeah, dude, that's the whole kind of a, uh, I just did a, I did a solo podcast on this a, way, a ways back about Ozempic, about like the idea of Ozempic and the sales pitch behind Ozempic and how like the value, you, you, you mentioned Hormozy earlier. Mm-hmm. Hormozy has a, a value, a value equation. If you, if you line fitness up to the value equation from Hormozy, if you, the, the highest possible, the highest possible value in the fitness industry doesn't exist in reality. And so basically, and I won't go over that again. So like, it, it's true. And I have this idea and like, tell me what you think on this is that like the reason why people like they, they don't want to do anything that that's like against their preference or their current interest. They don't want to challenge their beliefs or they don't want to become uncomfortable is because the market gets bigger and better facilitating the comfort, facilitating the effort. Well, facilitating so, so that's the what the market is selling. Right. That's not necessarily what people choose. There's plenty of people that choose not to. The vast majority of people, I believe, don't understand they can change, believe that this authority figure has said this is right, so I'll do it. But at the end of the day, we're still covering up symptoms instead of fixing any of the root cause. Ozempic's not going to teach you how to fucking actually fuel your body to feel well. It reduces your appetite. It makes you not want food. It also makes you wildly fucking reliant on a product they're happy to sell you. Being skinny isn't the same as health. I'm I'm interested in my health at this point in my life. I've fucking burned. I've, I've chased max strength and other things as far as maximizing performance physically for a lot of years. I no longer am interested. Yeah. It's interesting to me with the social media world, you know this more than I do. You mentioned something when I was uh, at Dope about this, because this, this particular topic that I'm talking about, you said, uh, look, it's, it's like people, they go on scarcity. This is when you, when you said you should read the gap in the, the, gain, gap yeah. in the gain. So people, they focus on the scarcity. This is what I don't have. So this is, I'm going to focus on where I, I'm going to focus most of my energy on what I don't have, the gap that is between not having and having. And so you live in this area of just, but it's, that is exploited by the market. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, Hey, we only have two left. You gotta get yours now. Well, if you want to make money, you solve people's problems. That's all it is. Right. We're getting even better if we don't permanently solve them. So they keep showing up with the problem. Hmm. Is there an end to this? What I'm into. Is there, is there, is there an end to that? Is there a way, is there a way we can get a message out? Is there a way that people will message the opposite way to get people at scale to see through the lens you're seeing when the lens that you see through is like kind of the, it's kind of the, the, not the niche, what is it called? The fringe, let's say. People don't want to hear the kind of stuff that you're saying, like work hard, sacrifice, create boundaries. No, man, people want magic. Right. And so that, how, how do you sell magic? How do you, how do you sell that when magic is going two you know, two for half off? I don't you know, buy magic. I don't believe it's real. Mm. That's okay. I focus on selling what I want to sell. I see. I don't believe in the scarcity that I'm competing against that. 
people that want to buy fucking magic ain't my clients. There's enough people out there for me to find that want to actually make change. It's the justification for why you do what you do you sh- that you shouldn't do. That's what you're saying. You don't justify why you do you- what you do. You do what you do because you want. That's a part of the book. I'm never going to fucking sell. I, I will never sell or talk about my thing in regards to how it's better than someone else's. Cause I don't believe that. Hmm. I believe it works for me. If this works for you do that. That's what I think you should find is find whatever the fuck it is that makes you feel that way. Whatever it is that makes you get closer to who you want to be, to whatever pro- whatever allows you to continually make progress toward the goals that you want. You seem to be a pretty successful. You seem to be a pretty successful dude. You probably had to, and this 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 perspective you have. This, well, I like, mean, awareness. so so that's something, right? Like, how do you define success? Right. Because if you don't define it, then what are you chasing? Are you chasing global fucking definition of success. Or what's your definition of success? And how do you create that, that definition? It's up to you. Yeah. I do the things that make me the happiest. How do you define happiness? Happiness is, you know, enthusiasm. I want to wake up stoked. I want to be able to chase things I'm into. I want to find things that are hard. I want problems to solve. I want puzzles to solve. I want something that forces me to show up at my fucking best. I want to perform when it counts. It's all those things that keep me enthusiastic and keep me excited. Have you been doing this? Have you, have you learned this through doing the opposite and feeling the pain of it? And so you know this so intimately because you felt it so deeply, the pain of doing the other, doing the other side? Yeah, so like when things got shitty, man, around... Uh, 2016 to 2019 when I got hurt um, being in chronic pain or any of that like there was this ton of bitterness of like how fucking dare I be hurt I'm someone who fucking uses my body I take care of it I've learned all these things how fucking dare it how dare the universe fucking throw this at me so many people out there don't use their bodies at all and they just fuck off with them yeah super fucking frustrated about things like that right but at some point, what I realized was, if I don't solve this problem and get out of pain, I'll fucking kill myself. And I don't know when that'll be. It may be five years down the road or 10 at some point, but I'm going to fucking lose the battle. And if that's the outcome of not solving the problem, that means everything's on the table to solve it. Fucking try everything and listen to how it made you feel. And there's a couple spots where I've realized where I stepped out away from what the norm of thinking is. And I realized the norm of thinking was fabricated on bullshit. And so fuck them. I don't I'm not taking any more opinion from anyone else. I don't have an opinion unless I've had an experience. I don't assume I'm going to know how this is going to go. I want to find out. Like truth is far off and more seen and experienced than heard kind of deal. Sure. You have to feel it. Do you believe it's possible to see the success, to see your truth, to develop your truth without first the pain of experiencing that feeling? I don't know. That's how it worked for me. Kind of interesting. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think there's an infinite number of ways things can work. Yeah. 
I don't think there's a right or wrong. I think it's a matter of figuring out you. I think it's a matter of figuring out what does success look like to you? What does failure look like to you? What does happiness look like to you? Instead of what the standard approach is. Because the white picket fucking fence and the 401k ain't it for me. I don't give a fuck. Mm. How much do with that mindset, because it's remarkable and I, I don't doubt for a second this is exactly who you are, what you're doing uh, in this short time that I've seen you um, and had the uh, couple conversations with you, man. Um, so what's the struggle you deal with right now? What's the struggle that you, that you deal with right now? Knowing all, you know, what's the current, what's the struggle right now for you? Cause there's a struggle, right? Sure. I mean, part of that struggle, right. Is continuing to grow a business I'm passionate about, uh, letting go of one I'm no longer passionate for. And so it's solving that problem. I'm aware that I have an ability to reach and communicate with people. I've seen it. I've seen proof with having retreats and being able to coach and do the work we're doing. And so being able to target proper people and figure out how to communicate with them to get them to take action is the problem to solve. Because there is a set thing to figure out to make that happen. And if I can find any proof of it, cool, do more of that. Try more of that. See what it does. Figure out how to refine. How do you keep sharpening the fucking axe to keep slaying dragons? Hell yeah, man. It, like, it's really kind of, somebody said this once to me, it's like, you know, it's not about not, have, I said, I'm going to be expanding the gym. I met with this guy, um, owns this, he just bought a private jet. He owns a pretty, he owns a pretty successful entertainment business. Um, and one of my clients knows him. We met, we met and he kind of walked me through like his facility and everything like that. He's got a couple throughout the United States. And, um, I said, you know, we were just talking about the expansion that I'm going to be doing here in the next like 12 to 18 months, you know, the, the process of just moving into a new place. And I said, man, it's going to be a dog fight, you know, cause it is going to be a dog fight. But he said, but never forget it's your dog fight. Like yeah. that's what you're doing. That's why you're doing yeah, it. And you chose this. You're not fucking obligated to run this business. 100%. And I would suffocate. I truly, I'm telling you right now, I would suffocate. At, I suffocated the idea of not pushing to try to achieve it. So I sort of love the grind, the failure, the learning, all of that stuff like this right here. Like when I'm talking to you, are like, dude, you're fucking, you're fucking. I'm like, damn, I, that's, I love that. I just keep growing and expanding. I got a long way to go, but I'm not worried about getting there tomorrow. That's what I love. I love that process. But it is painful. It is painful as hell. It is the truly painful as fuck. And there are things that it's like, I don't want to particularly sacrifice it, but because I, I value it close to the thing I'm going after, but I don't value it to the same, to the same degree I value this, this thing I'm going after, but I still value this. So it's not like, hey, fuck you. I don't, you, you don't make it the list and it's okay. When I get rid of you, cause I'm going to, when I get rid of you, it takes a part of me and that part it creates damage and that damage it's fucking it's difficult to overcome you still have to push towards this you had to sacrifice this cuz it's not this but it's still something significant what's something like that that's that you've had to deal with in your life where when you got rid of it it was not as easy as hey you just don't align you still care about it it's still a part of you and how did you overcome it I mean, an entire former life, man, 10 years of working outside sales in the oil and gas industry mixed with a 13-year marriage, a house that I had built, and a whole life that I was very proud of and into. 13-year marriage? Yeah. Ended in divorce? Yep. Like uh, on good terms? Yep. How did you navigate that? It's tricky. Um, And what was the main reason for the divorce? We didn't align. 
Um, mm. At some point, she wanted a different life than I did. And that's okay. I can thank her for the wonderful years we had together. I can still love her. But we're not obligated to keep doing this just because of time invested. Hmm. That's fucking powerful, man. You know, she's remarried and happy, and I couldn't be more happy for her. How do you define love? I don't know that I've ever tried. I think it's a bit more of a feeling. Hmm. Do you think that love exists? Yeah, of course. That might be it right there. There's a guy, he's got an acronym for love. It's really dope. Uh, shit, what's his name? Great dude, Mike uh, Kitko. Mike Kitko. Good dude. He, uh, he coined this. I don't know if it was his or not, but he coined this and it was pretty good. L-O-V-E, letting others voluntarily evolve. Letting others voluntarily evolve. Hmm. What do you think? I like that. I mean, I don't think that that's how I would have defined it in previous chapters of my life, but I think at the current one I'm in now, yeah. Mm. So it evolves the meaning. I think everything does. I think it's supposed to. Yeah. What, am I supposed to have it fucking figured out at 20? Right. Jesus Christ, you're a fucking idiot. Your brain barely works. <laughs> yeah. Like, understand you're going to take some fucking losses, man. Yeah. Don't double down on them. Fucking learn and move on. You know, I didn't... I, I left what was going to be a very normal existence of continuing to work in outside sales in the oil and gas industry. I had a job that paid well. Um, and have my two weeks vacation and continue to do the thing. I'm not that interested. And so I decided to really decide that instead of wondering what if, because the end of the fucking story is I'm dead. Yeah. You know, but continuing to, evolve yeah and i mean a lot of that too i mean if you have a 13-year marriage right like a lot of the rules and ideas of our relationship got built in when we were in our 20s they're not this we're not the same people and so a lot of that gets hung up but whenever i decided to embark on building this chapter of my life i didn't bring any of that with me i decided you know, with my current partner and my wife, Bonnie, like, so I'm not here to fucking put gutters on, like, her fucking life and tell her where the lane is. I'm a fan. I'm here to watch the fucking show until she asks my opinion. She's hmm. been great for the last 30 fucking four years without my help. <laughs> yeah, straight. She doesn't need me showing up to fucking do anything. And also, nor am I interested in giving her a vote. I don't need any fucking help. I want support. It's different. Yeah. How do you like, what does support look like for you in, uh, in, in, in your relationship, your current relationship? Get some. They get after it. Yeah. They get after it. Um, support for me now. Yo, it's someone that I can be radically honest with and talk to. It's being able to communicate. It's being able to share the weak spots and the guts and like when things are messy and know that I'm not judged for them. It's being able to be, honest and also know that no matter what response I get back, she loves me. That her concern more than anything else is us. The us is always more important than the I. Hmm. How do you, if the us is more important than the I, because I agree, 
because that's like where I'm, I'm always my best when I'm with my wife. Been with my wife for uh, 13 years. Right on. Married Congrats. Thank you. I appreciate that. But like, we're fucking opposite people, man. I mean, she's better than me in like every way, shape and form, and that she brings the best out of me. And then we just kind of- Would she say the same? Yeah, she would say the same, 100%. How about you being able to see you the way she does? Yeah, right, right, 100%. Right. Do you always, do you have this way of pulling out blind spots that I just, it's re- fucking remarkable, man. Well, look, I think the <laughs> amount of self-love that you have limits the amount yeah. that you can receive. Yeah, I do agree with that. You know, I like me. I'm done with that fucking chapter. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm not hard on myself. I'm not fucking content. But I like who I am. I like the decisions I make. I like the choices I make. I like my ability to follow through. I created this. This wasn't fucking handed to me. I made this out of the fucking ether. I'm proud of it. So when you are evolving now, you are very much, you've seemed to be at least, very much like an individual. Somebody who like, you know your boundaries. You, you, like you said, you'll, you, this is it. I'm, I'm going to say what I'm going to say. This is done. Good to go. So like if the us is better than the I, how do you still maintain the strength in the I to do what you do and, and vice versa for, uh, you're, you're currently married to Bonnie, mm-hmm. your wife, Bonnie. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not my responsibility for her to be fucking happy. That's her responsibility as is mine. And so I trust that she's going to do the things that are best for her. And I believe that when she's at her best, it's the best for us. Same thing goes for me. She trusts that the decisions I make on a regular fucking basis are what's best for me. And the things that I choose that are best for me typically benefit us. And whether that's alone time or travel or whatever it is, it's always to benefit us. Do you guys do a lot, most of your, the things you do together? Or are you away a lot from each other with um, your current life? Kind of rarely away from each other. We're, we're together a lot. I mean, we're actually more away from each other here when we're actually home because she works at the house and I work at my office. And uh, when we're on the road, I mean, if we're traveling in the van or any of these other type of things, like, fuck, man. I mean, over December, going to Uganda and then Egypt and then to Jordan, um, I mean, that was a month that I don't think we were ever out of each other's sight. Hmm. So, like, do you think that, like, the distance makes the heart grow fonder? Or do you think that's bullshit? No, I think that's real. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you think that's the case? I don't know. I like being able to miss her. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I think there's, I think there's a big chunk of that. I think you normalize anything, you know? I mean, when's the last time you were thankful for having clean water that comes out of the tap? Right. I've been places that doesn't exist. Yeah, dude, you know, I just saw this documentary. Bill Gates has a documentary on uh, on Netflix called Inside the Life of Bill Gates or something something like that. Mm. And he basically is trying to figure out ways to get uh, uh, running sewage in, like, places like overpopulated third world countries, like places like Africa. But he basically was saying that over 50%, so 4 billion people, don't have running water or, like, infrastructure. And it's not even really like theoretically possible with the density of people um, to get like the way that we do sewage and stuff, running water to get it in there. So they're trying to figure that out. That's kind of interesting, man. And it is a perspective on just being like, look, man, 
you should this is a, this, this is again with being like don't measure yourself up to the gap measure yourself up to the gain like dude see what you have you have if you're an american dude you have fucking everything you need it's not gonna be easy for everybody what's your thoughts what's your thoughts on that i mean other than a lot of the mindset that gets built into the american culture right, right, right. so what's that mindset what do i think it is yeah dependence yeah yeah just trade off i heard there's a it's kind of like that it's a dependency problem to yeah. some degree but i mean that that also good? works better for the group of people that are trying to make money off of everyone else the fucking cabal dude Ugh. <laughs> like i can't in the same voice go to the dmv and see how my fucking government operates and then yeah. also think that they're masterminds behind great overarching power struggles what i think is, right, is right. they listen to what we pay attention to more and they give us more of it yeah what I think is the reason our media sucks is because we've shown them we watch more of shit media than we do of positive things. And their only interest is our attention. 100%. They've shaped everything based on what we've told them. We saw that Donald Trump got like 60% more media coverage during his first run for presidency on both sides because of his antics. And so now we will see more of those antics. And we see it from the right side in Congress, people that are a little bit more outlandish or any of that. We've asked for this. We told We've said, this is what we want. We give us this. We want to treat everything like it's a fucking football match. Yeah. Right or left, right or wrong, divide us. Yeah. And it works phenomenally. It's yeah. like, whoa. You know, yeah, for sure. There's but no doubt. you can doubt. also opt out. Yeah, you can opt out. That's the hard part. So this is, this, this, is a, this is a great point, actually. And I think I maybe I've asked you this before. Um, and I, you gave me this answer, which is just like, you don't have to. But like, I get it. <laughs> But like, and I don't, and I know that, and I know that you've been very successful on social media, dude. You've been very successful in sending your message. You've been successful in all sorts of stuff with social media, man. I didn't have a cell phone. I came up, I was homeless for a while. I came up in a bad situation. It's not, you know, not like most people. My, my bit was like foreclosed on houses when I was like 14 years old and like just trying to figure out, like, I understood the value of money like quickly. Um, and how, how good it was to have a place to live, you know, like everything that I, I started at negative, you know, like this kind of thing. And I didn't have a phone. I didn't have a, a cell phone until I was a junior in college and it was a fucking Blackberry. And then I got my first iPhone when I was a senior and everyone's on like the Facebook and the social media stuff. But I've spent my whole life at that point, just kind of loving being in the environment. You know, like I'm, I want to be in the environment. I want to be doing it. I don't want to watch football. I want to play football. I played in college, but I never watched it. And everyone's like, you don't know what's going on? What's other Same teams? I, I play it. I don't My brother played it. in the NFL. I've been to a lot of football games. That's insane. What, I don't care. What, uh, what team? Uh, Wait, I, that would be, I would watch, I'd watch my brother play. Yeah, I watched my brother play, but as soon as he <laughs> yeah. finished, I realized I didn't give a shit about football. Right, 100%. So, um, so with social media, sorry, to get to the point, because I'll ramble on here. To get to the point, dude. So with social media, man. It seems to be the only way you can make money, let's say. Or is it possible not to? What do you mean? So, like, look, I've asked people this. I've asked a lot of people this with large social media followings. And I say, and I say this, I, I ask, I don't want to do it. I really, I have this, I do it, but I don't want to do it. And I fight this, like, thing, like, I of don't want to. using social media to grow your no, business? Yes. Like that. And it's stupid because right. I want to say. Well, sit. then don't fucking complain just, about. Just what you said. Yeah. Don't <laughs> complain about not getting the results you want. Fully agree. Fully agree with you. 100% agree with that. There's absolutely no doubt. But here's the question. Like, is it possible to get the same results right now in the current landscape without social media? No. Yeah. That's interesting. No. 
so that would, and that, if that's true, because I agree with that too. I mean, where do you have the ability to advertise to a billion people on the fucking planet from here? Nowhere else. Also for free, nowhere else. Yeah. So if that's true, because that's, that's definitely agree with you on all of that for sure. Like I'll be the first person to argue that, even though I know I fight this, this, uh, false belief. Uh, so if that's the case, then are we sort of subject to our, is our, our, is our success in business to some degree subject to a artificial or manipulated algorithm? Maybe they don't like it this, this month. So like no one's going to see your shit. Maybe they like it this month. So people will, and they can kind of turn on and off whether or not small business. Not can be successful. Works, man. So yeah, you, elaborate. That's Why? not how the algorithm works. Everyone thinks this algorithm is something like that. All it fucking does is show people more of what they look at. Right. That's all it cares about. Right. The only thing it wants to accomplish is have you look at it more and give it your attention. We've shown people over time that the things we pay attention to, we'll eventually give our money to. That's what they're doing. You are the fucking product of the free app. Yeah. Thinking of it in any other way is crazy. It doesn't want you angry. It doesn't give a fuck if you're happy. Yeah. The idea is it shows you more of the things that you look at, and that is things you comment on, things you talk about, things that you pause your screen longer than on the other ad. You don't think it's tracking eye movement on the screen? Of course it is. Mm. It doesn't have an opinion. It's just simply being able to fucking harness all that data to produce results. So if you're, if you're the town, if you're the town truth teller, you seem to be the town truth teller. I think it's a terrible role. <laughs> it's a terrible role. That's what I'm saying. People want to tell truth tellers interested in convincing <laughs> other people something. I'm not. Mm, then they don't fucking care what other people think. So then maybe that's the case. So like if, if, if you don't care what other people think, but it's important to know, but your success is predicated on, on following the algorithm, the algorithm is predicated on what people absorb. How do you navigate that, you know, with your business online? I'm going to do whatever I want. Good to go. But whatever you want might not be in line with what Instagram wants, let's say. And so like. Again, stop saying that. Instagram doesn't give a fuck. It doesn't want, not Instagram wants, that's not, but what people want on Instagram. People. What people watch. Right. So that's what I mean. And that's what I mean. So the people that, that absorb stuff, maybe at scale, they don't particularly want to hear that they should, because like, look, this is like, my message will be like, let's be, let's be as transparent. Let's be as, as true and genuine, as genuine as we can be and keep working for that. Do you change what you do based on the performance of what you're putting out there? A little bit. Yeah. In what ways? I mean, the same way that I would look at data of this training cycle made me stronger or it didn't. Yeah. Am I getting the results I want? So does that shift your message? Change. It doesn't change the message. message. It may change the packaging. Delivery. Gotcha. Yeah, that's, that's, that's really the challenge, I guess, then for everybody moving forward is just kind of to navigate that in that way. Because I, I, I wonder about I that. mean, that's how I'm going to navigate it. That's how I've continued to navigate it. That's what's worked for me. There's plenty of people that get by peddling fucking fear and controversy. I'm not interested. Yeah. Dude. So, so in moving, it just kind of been moving forward because we kind of got off because I'll start, I, I said the cabal and then we went into like social media, like kind sure. of <laughs> shit and that's not where I wanted to go with it, but look, like, that'll happen. Uh, in any case, dude, I, I wanted to ask you about peace. Peace. Um, so peace, like peace of mind, All right. peace. Um, 
I'm going to go with David Goggins first and then see your thoughts on David Goggins. <laughs> and then like at Eric Tolley and see like his bit, presence and awareness. So first, first, David Goggins. Here's a bit from David Goggins. There is a lot of peace and suffering. This is a quote from David Goggins. He was on the Modern Wisdom podcast with Chris Williams. Um, and Chris said, because Goggins seems to be in constant nonstop suffering. And that's where he gets all, that's all of his scrutiny. And, and Chris says to him, he says, uh, so Goggins, is there, is there peace for you at some point? And Goggins looks back at him and he just goes, there's a lot of peace in suffering. It's not that you, it's not suffering then peace. It's suffering and peace together. What's your thoughts on that? Hmm. So I find a lot of peace in discomfort, which I guess I would chalk up as suffering. But are we doing it for masochistic reasons? Or are we doing it out of self-love? Right? Mm. That this is the action I need to take to get the adaptation I want. And I know that whenever I'm doing that, I feel better, right? Like I know that if I train every day and do sprints and I, you know, empty the fucking gas tank, I sleep better. I feel better about myself. I am more proud. I have more confidence. I showed up and did the habits of the thing that I want to have. So yeah, I think that there is some extent of that. But do I think whipping myself on the back for the sake of finding personal peace is, is it? No. I mean, I'm also super into pleasure. I'm into both. I want fucking all aspects of the human experience. I'm not trying to narrow it down. Um, they can both exist together. It seems like what you're saying is there needs to be intention behind your suffering. Yeah. I think there needs to be intention behind everything you do. How do you set your intentions? Do you, do you focus? Do you, do you have some kind of tools you use to keep yourself focused on your intentions when days I mean, start I, to get? I journal. I do gratitude. I do in a lot of different practices. Hmm. Yeah, it is interesting. There's a, I'm, I'm going to forget the word. This was in the book again, just because this is just the most recent book I was listening to, um, which the gap in the gain. And he, he, they're talking about that, like to make the short, everyone's looking to buy the new car, but it's going to take X, Y, and Z. Cause you don't have it yet. Right. You want the new car. You work your fucking ass off. You go through all this shit. You go through the suffering, you sacrifice, you do all that. Beautiful. You get the car. And then you realize you just bought a car. Yeah. And two weeks later, it feels like a fucking car. It's a car. And there's a name for it, and I'm going to forget the name. What I recommend is take that path once and realize that wasn't the fucking thing you were looking for. Yeah. Find something else. Yeah. It's, there's a name for it, dude. Especially if you're buying that car to impress someone else. If you're buying that car because of other people will think this about you. It's kind of insane if you think about it. You you can't just keep running into the building of like where you work or like your family and be like, come outside and look at my car. Like every time, like that's going to be a like one day thing. Does it make you happier every time you drive it? Yeah. So with this, with this adaptation, there is a neurological biochemical adaptation. That's what causes you to feel that way. They talk about that in the book. There's a name for it. I'll forget. I don't know. Read the book if, if you guys want to know what the actual term is. But there is a there's a neurological term for your brain adapts to your situation. You buy the new big mansion. The new big mansion in one week becomes just your house. The car just becomes your house. The job becomes your house. The amount of money you make becomes the amount of money you make. The 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 yacht becomes the yacht. Doesn't you cannot reach a, a height. 
not because it's just like your perspective per se, but because it's a neurological biochemical adaptation that that is 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 preset built into all of us. So no matter what you accomplish in your life, this is the point that they were making, and I want to know your thoughts on on how you can manage this. But no matter what you accomplish, you you are going to feel you are going to feel like this is just how it is. So where you are right now, that's how it's going to feel when you accomplish the next big thing. So if that's going to be true, how are you grateful when you have no, let's say, physiological reason or neurological reason to be grateful? I think you have tons of reasons to be grateful. And I think those are a choice to actually shine light on. I think it's easy to ignore those things, right? Like the fact that you have fucking clean water that comes out of the sink. I don't ignore that one anymore. I say it out loud multiple times a day. I thank the world for being able to choose the things that make me better. I thank the universe for all the obstacles it's put in my way. I thank the universe for the ability to drive a ridiculous fucking car. I love your car, by the way. You know, I thank <laughs> the universe for all these things. Also, that car, temporary. Yeah. It won't be the last fucking car I drive. You know what I mean? Like, there isn't this buy it and then you have the feeling. It's all temporary. The same as, especially if what it's going to be is I need more to answer the thing, which is a lovely American trait. You know how fucking crazy it is that we have storage units around this country? You have so much shit you can't even keep it at your own house? Yeah. I just needed to stay over there so yeah. in case I ever fucking look at it. It's crazy it's as crazy. fuck. That's crazy. That's so funny. I was just saying that. I was just saying that to my client maybe earlier today. I was like, I was, I've been on, dude, this, this book is perfect for right now, just for me in general, like, cause I'm, I am doing this new gym thing. Right. So it's like, this is perfect book for me right now. Couldn't have landed more perfectly, but like, yeah, dude, it is, I lost my train of thought. Fuck. What was I going to say? Oh yeah. No, I was talking to my client. I was like, dude, this is such an interesting book that we read and it's like profound to us. But this is like a, an American book because it's like, how crazy is it that we have to be, we have to find a way to be like, hey, be happy. Even, even though you live in a fucking house with running water, with transportation, all of your needs met, like, look, the food could be well, look, with less chemicals. It. But that's exactly, that's exactly right. But that's right. a choice. Yeah. It's a choice to, to not have gratitude for it. Yeah. It's a choice for it to be normal. It's a choice for that thing. And so what ends up happening is the stuff going well for us doesn't get any of our fucking attention. It's only the problems do. And we're hardwired that way, evolutionary-wise, because the hard things are what fucking typically kill us. However, we don't have any of those fucking problems anymore. Yeah. Congrats. We've made it to a certain step of human existence. We just happen to be some of the first. So we've got a lot of figuring out to do. Mm, do you think some of this awareness from you on this, you know, uh, to be grateful for what we have as an American, is it, you've traveled to like so many places. I mean, uh, just the recently it was, uh, it was Egypt. You were in Uganda, I believe mm -hmm. you just, you do these retreats and stuff. Uh, with, I do a variety of travel for a variety of reasons, but yeah. 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 So, you, but you've been to, you've been to a lot of places. How many, how, how many places have you been? Do you even know? I don't know. Just keep going uh, Country-wise, I don't know. It's like 14 or 15. Do you have a, I mean, I know this is like what we're literally talking about, but do you have some kind of intention to like just continue going as many cool places as possible? Yeah. You have a quote that I wrote down here about travel. But before I get into that, I want to ask you one thing, like see what your thoughts are on this. Got a quote by, uh, uh, and this is about travel. 
specifically, so I feel like it's a good time to get into it. But basically, uh, let me find it real quick. It's from Lewis and Clark. So I thought this worked, worked perfect for you. Adventure is not outside man. It is within. Exploring the wilderness of one's own capabilities leads to unparalleled, uh, unparalleled personal growth. Do you think that's true? Yeah. And do you think that's some, some, do you think there's I mean, some, but what he's talking about is discomfort, right? Like it's stepping out of the norm and stepping out of your day-to-day life. It's stepping out of your routine. And I think whenever we are in routine for so long, our brain, like any other organ in our fucking body starts trying to shut down. Yeah. What does it need to pay attention to if I've taken the same drive every fucking day? Mm. Why would it operate at its highest ability if it's not being tested? It will happily shut off. Mm. Why would it continue to operate at its best unless it's challenged? And so going into these new trips and going in on these explorations or these retreats or any of this, right? And like everyone's felt this where two weeks at home or a month at home just fucking vanishes because you're doing the same bullshit every day and nothing's different. It's autopilot. Your brain just fucking takes over. We don't have any new problems to solve, man. Show up, go to the same place every day, do the same shit every day with the same people. But when you're out of routine and you are on some type of an adventure, and an adventure means I don't know how it's going to fucking go. It's the unknown. You are highly present. You're highly aware. There's new things to figure out, smells and ideas and sounds. And when you're on trips like that, all of a sudden some 72-hour retreat feels like you've been there a fucking month. And that's because of all this new input that's actually having to force you to pay attention, form new neural pathways, form new ideas, you know, look and see things because you can't fill in any of the gaps. You've never been there. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's actually a profound way of thinking about it. That like you're literally reconfiguring neural pathways because you're forcing yourself out of your daily routine and what your brain. What would be different than that than reading a new book? Yeah. So you you don't have to go to a different place to adventure. You just have to take a different way to work. You have to do something you don't normally do. Hmm. That's interesting because you're like most of your life is almost more importantly, right? Like growing the amygdala, that part of our brain. The only thing that changes it is by doing things you don't want to do, not hard things. Doing something you don't want to do. Hmm. Dude. So. In any case, if you want to change who you are right now and you feel stuck, take a different way to work. That could be a like, way to do it. Or at least admit the fact that you could. Yeah. I don't have to follow this path. That is like so simple, yet like probably extremely powerful if you're looking at the subconscious mind and like what happens with environmental triggers. Like if you're addicted to cocaine, they know basically you can be fully off. You can go to rehab, be fully off totally totally off of it you go back into the environment where you were addicted and you get right back into it but they they don't want to get be, become addicted it's almost like a personality it's a well environment a has of you. tons of things right like there's a study with rats and cocaine um and that study is is they push a button and they get a little bit of cocaine and what we've seen is during one of those studies is that the rats will push the fucking button for co- cocaine until they're dead you know how that doesn't happen When you take the rats out of isolation in the study and you put them into an environment that rats like, they don't fucking use the cocaine anymore. Hmm. So you kind of feel like like your daily routine. I think it's my fucking responsibility to create the environment that I want to exist best in. Hmm. 
And if I, and if I don't do that, if I don't choose it, then say it's not fucking important to me. Yeah. And quit pretending it is. Dude, that's powerful. That's, that can change. That seems simple, but that, that could change a lot of lives, man. But that also, but if this is true, what you're saying, then the subconscious mind is, is, very, is almost more powerful than the conscious mind, which is prefrontal cortex. So if you are not going to be able to do willpower to change yourself, but you could change your environment and then that will manifest itself based on your environment. Let's say you just put yourself in a different environment and you have automated changes. Like if, for example, if your best friend came in right now or you, you, you play the video games with them or X, Y, Z, whatever you're up to, but when you're with them, it's like, it's not like this. It's not like a podcast. You're not talking, you, you don't really know me. You don't really know the, this gym. You don't know Trey. You're kind of here by yourself. You don't have your people with you. So you're, you, there's a certain behavior here that you'll have. But if the, he walks in, you can see a change in kind of just the way you'll communicate just based on how you communicate with them slightly differently than you communicate with me because you're going to be much more informal. I find that to be extremely interesting about how we interact, like automations. Do you think that there is such thing as willpower or do you think that we are mostly, we are mostly automated? I think there's tons of opportunity for willpower. I think, I, I believe everything's a choice. Or free will, sorry, not willpower. I'm sorry. Do you think there's such thing as free will? Sorry. I mean, to what degree? To the degree that I actually want this thing. It's not for an ex external reward or internal reward for that matter. Why would you do it then? Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe it is. Maybe That's it is. why I take fucking every action. But I choose the rewards I want. I know the direction I want to go. So I choose the habits that make me feel how I want. I don't fucking choose my actions based on how I feel. How I feel right now, how I felt this morning at five when I went to the gym, wasn't that I wanted to get on the fucking treadmill with a 40-pound vest and walk for an hour. Who gives a shit? I know that I feel better the rest of my day. I know that I do my job better. I know that I'm a better spouse. I know that I'm nicer to me whenever I fucking walk on the treadmill. So walking on the treadmill is a non-negotiable fucking action. Is there use in doing something for no reward? I don't see really why. I would love for an example of something. Yeah, we do. I mean, I, <laughs> yeah, I would love for, if you would like to provide an example of one to challenge that, I would I just can't think of anything. I mean, even brushing my teeth, right? Like there's a fucking reward. There's a reward, yeah. That's the idea. I can't remember who had that had that thought. Maybe it was uh, Sam Harris was talking about how there's no free will. He doesn't believe that there's free will because everything has a reward. So it's like, to your point, it's like, look. Yeah, but you're the one who defines the rewards. It's up to the fucking user to decide what direction you want to go. Yeah. That That is something you get to choose. Yeah. You're not obligated to fucking do anything. There's no, there's, there, it's, it's not important that there's not a reward, I think, you know, like it's important that the reward is the reward you want and not what your mom wants. Well, and look, I, I think that we're using reward because we're trying to skew it to positive. Yeah. There are consequences for every action. I see. They're either favorable or unfavorable. And that is dependent on where you'd like to fucking go. If you're trying to get to the East Coast and I'm trying to get to the West Coast, we're going to make wildly fucking different decisions to accomplish our goals. It's not right or wrong. It doesn't exist. It's up to you.
You got to be the fucking steward of that existence. Know who the fuck you are, what you want to accomplish, and then put together what are the habits that that version of me should probably have? What are the fucking people that I should probably learn from? And if I am wildly influenced by the six or seven people that I keep closest to me, I should fucking probably be really intentional with how I pick those people. No fucking free passes just because we've known each other. Nice isn't a reason for us to fucking hang out. Nice is a fucking minimum as a human. Like the foxhole, man. It's like uh, David Goggin's second book, uh, Never Finished. He has this bit on the foxhole, like the folks that you keep around you are the folks that you don't want to say it's okay when you didn't come through with the commitment you said you want to come through with. They're the one that say, get back on the gun. We got, we're going to die if you don't, you're, you, you, you put yourself in this foxhole. Yeah. I just don't know why we have to make it so fucking serious compared to war. <laughs> I love that we want to overdramatize it. Right. That's, that's David Goggins to the I fucking, to the, to the, to the, I, I mean, know. And, and I get, why the, it's I get not, the idea. It's not that valuable of information for me. Really? Do you not, are you, are you made a, you made a face earlier. Are you but not I a big fan? Fine. Are you not a big fan of, of Goggins? I think he's fine. Yeah. I just. Yeah. His last podcast. Bored with it. His last podcast wasn't great. I'm a fan of I'm a fan of Goggins because I, I love that. But it, there's things going on. I think you know it's a, you can't take everything from everybody. There's no Messiah out here. Uh, I think things are good for. I think that what's good is it's like Gary Vee's bit on like, look, I'm going to tell you to do a hundred, so you do twenty. Sure, right. But I guess I just get a little tired of people that don't seem in on the joke. That uh, how fucking stupid the whole life thing is. Anyway, wait. What do you mean? Yo, the whole thing's a fucking gas. None of this is going to make the fucking books, dude. Yeah. There will be a time that humans are no longer on this fucking planet. Right. So people that are concerned with legacy or any of this other bullshit, what a fucking waste. Yo, do the best you can. That's it. Enjoy the fucking ride while it's here. Because it's going to be over super fucking short. And it's so amazing. It's like you've been given such a crazy gift. I have this bit where I say, look, think big, live better. It's up there. That's the motto for the thing. That's the whole reason why I do all this stuff. Is, is that I see that you have to think first, think bigger. You have to think bigger to live better. But why think bigger to live better? Why live better? Because if you thought about it in the, in the purest of the agne- uh, agnostic sense, you would just say there is no such thing as person or, or purpose. There is no such thing as, as like real reason, wrong, right. We just There's not inherent. Inherent, right. Right? Like that's Nietzsche stuff. Like that's I, – I, that stuff I really like about nihilism is none of this fucking matters, dude. None of it's important. There's not a right or wrong. There's not a fucking greater cause. There isn't them glory going up to some invisible fucking bearded dude in the sky. The only thing that matters is whatever you fucking decide. And then go all in. Yeah. And if you're not willing to do that, then fucking decide that the things that you were given to be told important is good enough for you. Yeah. They're not for me. Yeah. Dude, the... So what's your thoughts on this? Because this is basically what you're saying. This is what I, I sort of talk about in terms of like what is impossible. What is possible? Anything is possible if you set your mind to it, all that stuff. Yeah, I'm um, quite true. Um, in any case, like anything impossible is worth pursuing. You think that's true? No. Go ahead. Well, I mean, impossible, right? Me playing in the NBA. There's no amount of fucking coaches or nutrition or things I can learn or practice that's going to allow me to do that. I'm a 40-year-old guy with a fake knee. Gotcha. It's fucking impossible. 
It's not an amount of desire. Do I think I can get better at basketball? Yeah. I can make progress. Progress is what I give a shit about. Hmm. If, so, and that's what I mean in the context of, of anything impossible is worth pursuing. You can get better. You can see progress. Maybe you can live around that. You never actually sure, have to but doing the impossible thing is destination based, right? And I don't really believe in that. Hmm. So, you're a successful guy, man. I, in my eyes, you're a successful. Again, guy. why? <laughs> just because I've seen, just because I've seen the things you do. Now, I've seen the things you've been able to accomplish. Things that I want. I know. I, I, I know the in in the in the frame of the book that this would be the wrong way of looking at things and comparing myself to others. I get it. Huh. But I see that you've done a lot of remarkable things that are definitely impressive, and it's worth noting. But you said earlier before we started, which is interesting. But you said I'm getting better at taking compliments, um, and or at least I'm trying to get better at taking compliments. Dude, you, you are a fucking killer, man. Like, in, you are definitely somebody who, in the things that you've accomplished, inspire the people around you. That for sure is true. How do you not get caught up with that kind of accomplishment? You know, how do you get caught up not, not thinking about, you know, at, at least as often as, as I do? Because I'm the least <laughs> successful person I surround myself with. Hmm. That's done intentionally. So you seek those people out. Fuck yeah. How do you get into a group of people that are all, all much, much more, let's say, quote unquote, successful? Any number of ways, man. Attend fucking retreats. Go out. Invite them on your podcast. Do any number of things, right? Like, go visit them. Send a message. Get on a fucking airplane. Show up quarterly. They don't come to you. They're not obligated to find you. It's also not hard to meet any of these people. A hard thing is being someone they want to talk to a second time. Yeah. How does that work? Provide fucking value. Yeah. Be a valuable asset. Be a friend. Don't need anything from them. I just want to exist and see how it happens. Hmm. Man. I've spent weeks at my mentors and friends' houses, and I'm not talking to them about any of this. I just watch. Yeah, I can see that out of you, man. I just work. I do my thing in their environment. You've always been that way with, with this type of thing? Or have you been, like, excited to see somebody, you know, as you come up? You know, I, I know you've been doing this forever. But in the beginning of you trying to be what you are today and, and, and really just be present and just be you and be authentic, we talked about, like, is it possible to be authentic intentionally? Um, if your intention is to be authentic, is that actually being authentic or original? Um, which, I, Yeah, I do think so. Have you always had that when you were kind of around people? I feel like I'm just so curious that I'm just naturally a curious person. I always want to see how things work and I dive into things. I also have like ADHD and I just go, go, go. So figure out how to fucking operate with it. Yeah. You don't think I do? No doubt. You got ADHD? Yeah, of course. Really? Yeah, so you figure out how to fucking deal with it. Mm. Sit in silence for a while. Yeah. Learn to be by yourself. Learn that not everything you feel needs a fucking reaction. Did you develop that because you saw that it was negative to your experiences? Yeah. Hmm. And how was it negative to your experiences? Wasn't getting me closer to the things I wanted to accomplish. It's too much jumping around. It's too much coming up with this idea. It's too much this voice in my head that there's this limiting factor that some fucking guy I talked to once as a doctor decided. Don't give a shit. Have you been a, have you like just with the diagnosis since you were a kid or? Yeah, since I was a kid. Yeah. 
Yeah, I've been on like every fucking form, like uh, Ritalin when I was a kid, Concerta, Adderall, Vyvanse, trying to get off it now, trying to get off all that stuff. That stuff has just fucking zapped my brain. Yeah. I highly discourage everybody from using yeah, it. I kind of refuse to take it from jump. Yeah. Even as a kid, yeah. I didn't, I didn't, and I take, and I like, it's interesting because now not taking Look, I also got lucky because my parents didn't force me to take it. Yeah. Yeah, mine didn't either. My parents didn't give a fuck what I was doing. <laughs> I didn't. What I noticed taking is, is it took all the highs away too. Right. I'm not interested in living in the middle. Just. I'm all right with things going fucking shit. That's okay. But I also want the great. When it feels fucking great and I'm fully obsessed and do any of that, like that's where I use the ADHD is the hyper focus. The hyper focus. Right. So I have the ability to fucking lock in on a thing. But I only have the ability to lock in on things that I love. Yeah. So I don't do anything that I don't love anymore. What a waste of my fucking time. Massively, massively. That's like massively, uh, a, a, that's a difficult thing to, to knock out. Well, and, there's, and look, there's micro, micro versions of things I don't love. Right? Like, I don't want to fucking write another email sequence. I don't want to come up with another set of lead generation content. What I want to do is help people change their lives, and that's the thing that that's the fucking dragon to slay to get there. Yeah. So show up. Yeah. Do it like you fucking love it because the results are what I want. Man. So you don't you so you currently you currently don't take anything like that. Do you take anything to help you with your focus with your focus slash like your yeah, mushrooms? Mushrooms. What do you do for mushrooms? I take a microdose of psilocybin every day. What, and what is a microdose consider? Point one five gram. Point one five grams. Yep, that's what I take. What is the feeling like? What What does it do? What's the utility? I don't notice a ton from it. I just feel a little bit better, a little bit more focused, a little clearer, a little less, oh, a little less negative, um, a bit more able to separate the thoughts from me. Mm. Dude, why do you think that it happens with psilocybin? It, I don't know. I, I don't know what your religion incredible incredible medicine yeah so what's what's the deepest you've gone into psychedelics a lot so like what's uh give me one 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 give me your 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 most profound experience well there's a ton just out of curiosity like, i mean whether it's going to costa rica and doing ayahuasca or it's doing some big doses of you know psilocybin in various locations or i mean deep breathwork stuff is psychedelic I think anything that alters your state of consciousness is somewhat psychedelic. Yeah. Um, so I find a lot of benefit from being in that state. It's so interesting. I once I once did uh I once did mushrooms. I bought some mushrooms from one of my clients, had some, and I thought, I'm gonna solve a problem. I'm gonna take these mushrooms, I'm gonna solve a problem. And then when I took the mushrooms, I found out that I that like I got an answer, but it wasn't to solve the problem. So it was an interesting perspective. It was like it separated my thoughts and when I was, it separated like my conscious awareness, whatever the observer is from like the weird crazy thing that this is and then brought awareness, which is insane, man. What is, what, what do you, dude, so I've all I got to, I want you that feeling all the time. Yeah. To be more aware. Period. Man. Do you think that's the utility of it to I, some degree? I, I'm 
I threw fucking rocks in a field, man. I'm not going to decipher the utility. No doubt. No vibe. doubt. No doubt. I mean, just your thoughts. Huh? Um, I think it's a valuable medicine and it has been for me. Yeah. That's it. Mm. So now moving forward with what you're doing, you said that you don't really have like a, you don't have like a set vision. You bought this, uh, you bought this van to go traveling. Yeah, adventure. When I moved, when I came up to Dope, you were you were kind of staring at this van, man, with these two people. You were just like, man, that's kind of that moment. You just bought it. That's well, kind of I've that moment. Built that van in my head for the last three years. So, what do you mean when you say that? Like, I know exactly what it's going to look like. Oh yeah, you you went went off on that. Yeah. What is it going to look like? What are you going to do with it? What is it going to bring to your life? More ability to be on the road. More ability to be remote and be comfortable. Ability to work from the woods if I feel like it for a month. The ability that if I want to go and be around my friends in Austin and be in that community for a month, I can without staying in their fucking houses. If I want to go to Montana and stay with other friends, I can. If I want to go stay in the fucking woods, I can. Is that part of your... I still have responsibilities. I'm not shitting on all those to leave. So I'm building something that allows me to do my job from anywhere I want. Is that part of your criteria? For success that you need to be able to go. For me, yeah, I got to be able to go. You have criteria. We kind of glazed over that. What What is your criteria for success? Like, Mine's personally. very simple. I want to spend as many days of the rest of my life doing what I fucking care about. Gotcha. That's it. It, it either checks the box or it doesn't. If what If what you care about doesn't bring you, let's say, money or, or material things. I have things. tons of things that I do that don't bring me money. Yeah. Would you still you still pursue it? You still pursue that regardless? Yeah. If the things you enjoy don't Are bring you familiar money. with the Highland games? Right. There's right. no fucking money. Yeah, yeah. I feel that. I've somehow been able to pivot it into money. Just no one else in the sport has. Huh. But it ain't nothing to do with the Highland games. It has to do with me and my choices. And deciding to expand outside of just being king of this fucking tiny little world. Yeah. What did you have? What did you have to do to come up with a perspective around how I can? Because this sort of goes anything impossible is worth pursuing. You can't move forward with the. You can't move forward with the Highland Games because you were injured. Did you think, man, I still want to be a part of this, but like I can't. I just literally can't. But then you still figured out a way to be a part of it. Yeah, I did for a little bit. I traveled around and announced and emceed, and mostly that was to be with my community. And that community was the other 20 dudes in the professional class that I competed with, the other weirdos that got it. And then as that faded, um, you know, I realized I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to go out there and do that. What I cared about was throwing. I mean, I don't know what's going on in the Highland Games now. I haven't competed since 2016. I'm glad that most people don't know that's a thing I did. I think it's a fucking miserable life story to do the coolest thing you're ever going to do in fucking chapter three and then talk about it for the next six chapters. Yeah. Seems like a real fucking waste of 60 years. Yeah, 100%. So how do I take what I learned there to build the next thing? What I learned was how to be great at something. What I learned was that it takes me fucking 20 years or 12 years to be good at something. And so showing up every day, what I learned during that time is I will train in my garage by myself for a thing no one else gives a shit about. 
I know that I'll spend 90 minutes in a field every week, or sorry, 90 minutes, four days a week in a field throwing because I care. I don't have training partners. I showed up because I gave a shit. That's what I learned. What I learned is I've got the ability to do something for a really fucking long time and delay gratification. So what can I apply that to next? Hmm. I didn't have to talk myself into those practices because I loved it. So that's the other part of the combination. Find something that I don't have to talk myself into doing every day. But the recipe for getting good at it is show up every day and give a shit. Hmm. That's kind of like right along with that, that book you sent you, uh, you told me about like measuring yourself up to the game to give yourself the confidence, man. Well, that's a stack of evidence. That's a stack, stack of, of evidence. That's who the fuck I am. Yeah. Is the guy that shows up and does that. That's just testament to I'm not looking for validation. Yeah. Man. Sorry, I, I, I veered off, but I wanted, I wanted to get back on that van because the van is fucking it's yeah. dope. And this is something that I, this is something specifically that I wanted to do. And also I was going to tell you this quote. This quote is by you about, about, uh, about traveling. Not, not anything crazy, but I do want you to kind of elaborate on it because I agree with this. And uh, this van seems to be like right in par with that. So in any case, with traveling, man, you said, I don't want to be a tourist. I want to be a traveler. What's the distinction? Tourist is based on the destination. Tourist is a guy who wants to show up and get his fucking photo and his selfie in front of the Eiffel Tower and go back to the hotel and not be present. The tourist is the one who wants the outcome, not the things you learn on the way there. The traveler takes all those experiences and lets them change him. The traveler is the one impacted by the actual journey, not by the fucking destination. There's not any books written about the fucking view from Everest. It's all about the climb. That's the important part. And if you're not in love with that, if you're not in love with the journey and knowing how temporary this, the struggle you're currently in is, if you're not in love with the idea that you can keep getting better at it, if you're not in love with understanding that I'm sharpening the fucking axe to deal with the next obstacle shows up because they're fucking going to come. And I can't think of any obstacles that I don't benefit trying to solve with more experience, being happier, being healthier, and being stronger. So I may as well have those things already sorted out. I may as well already be able to... One of those things would travel, right? Like, I don't give a fuck where I sleep. I don't need a nice hotel. I don't care about sitting in first class. I want to go. That's what I care about. I'd rather spend the ticket so Brant and Bonnie come with me than I have a nice seat. Hmm. Is it important that you experience that with people? Yeah, of course. Like other people? Yeah, but it's not, it's not a prerequisite. Not a prerequisite. It only matters that if those people also want to experience it. Yeah, if you're like in the entrepreneurial like mindset that you have, you know, is it, is it okay? Is it okay to you? You are totally okay with being alone, but how much do you value being together? Comparatively, I would much rather be alone than be around people I don't vibe with. Yeah, but being alone isn't as good as being around people I vibe with. I'm very comfortable alone. 
but it's not as cool in the same way it gets amplified when you're around people that match your fucking energy and match your stoke about stuff. So I'm either going to be around those people or I'll be alone. Both are okay. Dude, you have a remarkable mindset, dude. It's a leader's mindset, mind, mindset, dude. Like this is incredible that you kind of are the one just, just kind of, uh, pushing into the darkness, man, with like no real way. Everyone's kind of full. Well, that's what leaders you. do. Leaders go first. I got a bit here. It's on, not about fucking telling others what to do. I got a bit on Alexander the Great for you. I'm doing just, I just want to, I just want to see your thoughts are. On he banged Facebook. a lot of dudes. <laughs> it did he? Yeah. Are you serious? Why? What? I don't know. Cause they did that in Roman times then. They didn't seem to give a shit. Oh yeah. They just got after it. I didn't know that about Alexander the Great. Yep. I guess I don't know too much about it. I, I watched the documentary on Netflix, so I feel like I got a, a left. Yeah, I'm sure they dialed it. Right? <laughs> yeah, right. I feel like I'm a, I got it. Uh, dude, in any case, like handsome is, guy with dark roots, incredible. Right. How often does he get his hair done? That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right, and that's exactly how it went, Matt. I know. <laughs> uh, this is what he said. In any case, I am indebted to my parents for living, but to my teacher for living well. Leadership is not about power, but about shaping lives, nurturing personal fulfillment, and inspiring greatness in others. Yeah, I like that. Um, is is that? Did you want to be a leader, or did is this is kind of like what you you just are? I've thought about that. You know, did I want to be a leader? I remember times within like professional life that. I wasn't interested in stepping more into a role because then it would require more effort. And that was young man's mistake. Um, I want it easy. Uh, but if I look back at sports, which would be something I actually had some confidence in, whereas work and educational stuff and academics, I did not. So if I look back at that, um, you know, if, if game's on the line, yeah, I'll take the ball. I would way rather I'll fucking make the decisions. I'll take the failure. I don't care. But I damn sure aren't interested in losing because you couldn't handle it. I will happily take the beating. Hmm. I know who I am. I know that I can withstand. So like that idea, yeah. I'm also okay with taking the consequences and the responsibility of losing. I'm okay with saying the reason my bike shop failed was because I was a poor business fucking owner at 22. The reason I don't want to continue running my apparel brand as in-depth as I have for the last 10 years is because it doesn't fucking set my soul on fire. Because I wasn't smart enough to be able to figure out how to 10 exit. I couldn't do it. Tried. Tried a lot of different ways. I just couldn't figure it out. That's Okay. How fucking cool it is that I got to put all my energy into something I loved for 10 years. Most people don't get that. I did. Mm. I don't have any animosity toward it. How lucky I am. But I'm also not obligated to keep doing it. Mm. Do you, I don't have a problem drowning my fucking baby to start the next thing. Damn, yeah. It's it's interesting. I heard this like on that point, drowning your baby to start the next one. That's really that's actually really interesting. Uh, I don't know if drowning your baby is the best term for. I love that. No, fuck that. That was good. I love that because that's what it is. That's how hard it is. That's how fucking hard it is, man. Because I have this thought that 
you know, maybe the most successful people out here are the ones too stupid to quit. I think there's part of that. But then on the other side, it's like, you can't be successful if you quit. Which one? Well, <laughs> like, which fucking I mean, one, man? But, like, overall quit and then micro-dosing quit is different. Like, one of those is listening to results. It's like, I mean, does quitting, you know, the little things, right? Like, I, for me to change, I have to quit. I have to quit doing some other fucking activities that don't align anymore. I have to quit some old habits. I have to quit some different mindset of thinking. I need to shift some things. That's if this is the direction we're trying to go and I'm trying to make progress. And as long as I stay on making progress, I'll eventually run into wherever I'm trying to go, which is just another point that I'll be interested in making progress from. So it's a matter of, like, where are you setting the compass? And you also have to quit doing shit. You know, one of those strategies I use with people I work with is simple journaling stuff over the course of a month. And it's, what brought you enthusiasm today? Not happiness, enthusiasm. What were you stoked on? What stole your energy? And then what did you learn? And at the end of the month, you can go back and look at that and realize that that's the compass. Those things that stole your energy, get them the fuck out of your life. Those things that brought you enthusiasm, how do you do more of it? And sometimes if it's riding bikes in the woods is my favorite thing that I could do, right? Like, let's say that that's your thing. Not necessarily very productive as far as making a living. So decide. Do you love it so much you'd rather live in the woods in a van? It's available. You can do that. No rules against it. Or do you want to do it in a way that's going to take more funding? So solve the fucking problem. Figure out how to make money. Figure out how to make money in a way that has free time. But don't build a fucking trap. Like if, if mountain biking all the time is what fucking sets my soul on fire, me becoming an ER surgeon is probably a fucking bad fit. That job requires 80 hours a week and fucking constant stress. I'd probably be happier making less money living in a fucking van. But admit that to yourself. 100%. How do you know, how, who do you, who do you have? We, we mentioned this before about like, for sure this thing is like about you. Who keeps, who keeps Matt Vincent accountable? Who, who inspires Matt Vincent? Do you have mentors, leaders? Yeah, of course. Right, um, right now, my wife more than anyone else. Yeah, my wife is my partner. Um, Brant, my creative partner. He's someone I trust fucking all the way through. Um, Kelly Sturette has been a great mentor and brother of mine for a number of years. Um, Kyle Kingsbury is another one that's I've benefited a lot from just knowing and seeing the way he operates. Uh, Aubrey Marcus, um, Rob Bailey, Keaton Hoskins. Um, man, I can think back of a high school track coach. Like, there's there's a lot of people that have influenced. Yeah, uh, your track coach was influential? Yeah, high school track coach was, he didn't know shit about throwing whenever I got into it, and I got obsessed with it, but he also got into it because I was. And I think about what a difference of influence it would have been if he'd have been like, eh, whatever. Yeah. That's interesting, right? I mean, I think I still would have done it. I just wouldn't have been as successful. 
Yeah. You know, and then going into college was the first time that, you know, Coach Pat Henry, who's at Texas A&M now and was at LSU whenever I was there, it's really interesting. I mean, we're a hundred kids that travel co-ed around the country. We didn't have curfews. We didn't have anyone that checked to make sure we were in our rooms. We didn't, we were treated like adults. You fuck up, there were consequences. There were boundaries. And that was, you will cease to fucking travel with our team. Yeah. That's it. And I saw him enforce those and I saw him do even enforcement calm. And it was really cool. And I learned a lot from seeing the way that guy operates. Dude, I got to tell you, man, I always think to myself, like, how did I get out of the situation I was in? Like when I was younger, like I grew up again, like, like gang violence situation, homelessness, all the bullshit, like tough, let's say. I really don't, I, I don't look at it that way. I'm happy for everything I went through, but there's this one guy, his name is Coach Bill Booker. And uh, my mom wouldn't drive the car anywhere. She's usually just like, you know, like out. So I, I needed to get some shit for uh, a, um, a, a school project. And I needed the stuff. And it was like far away. It was cold. I had to get the car. I had to use the car. So I was like, but I was only like maybe 13, 14. So I, <laughs> so I jump in the, uh, so, no, I would, I would have been 14, 15 because I was a, there was a freshman in high school. Anywho, I jump in the car. I'm like, just going to drive my ass to fucking Walgreens and grab the shit I need. And so I jump in the car driving and I fucking pull up and it's Coach Booker. And he looks over and he's just like, the fuck? Anywho, I would just look forward like, oh, damn. I went to, uh, I went to the stuff, got the shit, went back home, did the project, good to go. I went back, I went to school that, that Monday and he, he kind of picks me, like pulls me out of, uh, from lunch. And he's like, did I see you driving the car? The other day, and I was like, "No, nah, man, that wasn't me. You, you got my brother. I, I don't. I'm not. I'm only 14, 15, dude. Like, I don't have my license." He's like, "I think that was you." And he was, he was, he was like, "Don't ever let me fucking catch you doing that stupid shit again." And it was like the first time in my life somebody gave a fuck to tell me, "Hey, don't be a dipshit. Hmm? Like, you're worth more than being a dipshit." And that one moment stuck sticks with me to this day on how influential that was on the the things that I do, man. It's like what makes me so curious about how people get better. It's like, because I was not on a good path. I was in a, a path of resentment and hate. And like that would have, and that's where a lot of people go when they're in situations like that. But just that one person, like, I give a fuck. I'm going to take time out of my day to come tell you that. It's like, it changed the, tra- the trajectory of my life. It was one moment uh, that goes through my head. He doesn't even probably know that. But it was that he did that. It was so powerful. So when it comes to coaching, I just think that's why I coach. It's it's just being somebody in your life that that's that's like, hey, motherfucker, you can do it. It's a totally biased opinion. Well, for sure, right? Right. Having someone in your life that wants to see you hit the things you want to hit. Mm. So hold on. Explain what you mean. Well, I mean, that's what the coaching does, right? Like, I'm not picking your fucking goals. I'm here to help you reach them. But also, if you're not serious about them, I don't fucking care. But if you're serious about them, I will help you solve the problem. Yeah. Do you think some of that's why you got into coaching? For sure. And you currently coach right now. What? What? Who do you primarily coach and what do you coach them in? 
So for the majority right now of like what I'm working with, it's, I do both men and women, but it's people kind of at this transition point of life where kind of this first draft of life has come to a close and realized that it wasn't what I was hoping for. It was followed the standard path of life to what success was supposed to look like and happiness and got a bunch of those things. And now all of a sudden we're just fucking here. We're just existing. And for me, I want to work with people who want more than that. And so people that have found some success in their job, but struggle because all of that switched away from doing anything physical. So they don't take care of themselves. They don't have any fucking confidence. They don't know, understand self-love. They don't understand how consistency in building new habits creates the life you want. They think that this is just it. They don't understand that it's the habits and everything they did prior to that that created this. It's the outcome. So all we have to do is change those things and do them long enough. Now, with that said, I can help you change your perspective and mindset to enjoy the things that you're currently doing more. And that's being able to find the gratitude and abundance in it. It's being able to become present and be and have that time to calm down and listen to yourself. It's getting more in touch with that intuition and trusting it. Is there a difference between Coach Matt and not Coach Matt? I mean, to some degree. I don't. It's not like I talked to Bonnie about this shit when we're sitting around the house. Yeah, I would. I. I. Because I feel. I also, that, don't give advice to anyone not asking for advice. Yeah. 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 I feel that. I feel that. So if I came up and I was just like, dude. How was the game? I don't know if you're watching the game. And no, you were just I playing. wouldn't have been. <laughs> you wouldn't have been either. <laughs> did you watch the uh did you watch the Super Bowl? No. Yeah, dude. Taylor Swift did great. I was hosting great. a retreat. Yeah, you that's right. You were out. Yeah. Uh Taylor Swift did great. Uh she did a great job and excellent. <laughs> I I I don't again, I don't really watch it. I my wife wanted to watch the Super Bowl, so we watched one game. And you know what? Like watching the old sport I used to play was was kind of fun, but I totally am like out of out of football now. Yeah, it's not like I dislike watching a competitive thing. I just don't care about the outcome. Yeah. I'm just not going to fucking be emotionally invested to a game. A bunch of 22 year olds are playing. Yeah. Uh, fully, fully agree. Some people that's kind of, I, the only thing I can judge, cause I try to play devil's advocate on this with my own brain. Cause I absolutely don't get it. I'm like, why do people lose their mind when they're watching somebody else? play? It's tribal, man. It's tribal. This is exactly so the last time most people were part of something was high school sports. Yeah. And instead we've seen how well this works. And so, that's what our politics have done. That's what everything has been split on a right or left side. Right. You get to fucking cheer for your team. It's why the talk of the Super Bowl was was Taylor Swift. I know. That's why I make the joke about it because yeah, I think it's, it's a, the most con controversial thing they can possibly talk about. Yeah. So I'm like, it's what are we doing? Who cares that Taylor Swift is in the fucking stands? But everyone cares that Taylor Swift's in the stands. It seems to be we care. And yeah. that's why they're talking about it. That's exactly right. It's not the other way around. It's not the other way around, yeah. I totally agree with that, man. And so, so anywho, uh, that's interesting. So when you're, so like, do you, you feel like you have a different person? You feel like not that you're a different person, but you're just in kind of a different intensity when you're with yeah. the, when you're with your client. Yeah. It requires a different intensity. Yeah, for yeah. sure. If I'm on a hike in the woods, I'm pretty not intense, especially by myself. In personal training, like one thing, like the art of personal training, or at least the art that I've tried to master is finding a way to communicate differently per person. That might be wrong. 
do you think that you you navigate a, a way that per, a person um, is? I think say, that's your job as a coach or mentor to find the thing that clicks. Yeah, the, the art of communicating to that specific person. Yeah, mm, like, do you have this thought that the customer is always right? I don't know that I believe in right. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I guess first define right. Right. Yeah. There's no such thing. How would you navigate? How would you navigate, right, if you had to try? Does it get you the results you want? Simple. Yeah. That's it. 100%. Hmm. So... Are those results being stagnant and not doing shit? Then, yeah, right on. You're right. Keep keep fucking letting it rip. Yeah. Dude, it's... I know it all seems simple, but this shit is profound. You, th this is like the thing that's missing in a lot of coaching. But I just have this thought, maybe also, that I've never fucking personal trained anyone. Not well, you know, when you're you're doing mentor with one person, sure. you know, it is like that. You know, like for the the most the only reason like this is any different is that like we're running them through a workout, which is actually it's hard harder in my mind. I I. They do AGS, accountability goal setting once a week, once a month, sorry, where like you sit down for one of the, one of the hour long sessions in your program with your client. Some people don't like this because this is where you eat your own shit. This is where it's like, hey, all the stuff we were tracking, all the stuff that you wanted to track, you wanted to do. In any case, you can't really do that in the per when you're running a person through the workout because you're like thinking about the workout. To some degree, you can, sure. but it's just not as a as effective as we're sitting here and we're going to do an hour conversation because I feel like you need 20 minutes to get over the bullshit. Matt, how you doing? Doing good. Yeah, I mean, look, I think it's really important to work with people on not the what we're doing with the training, but the why. And understand that I'm doing this because it's an honor to the self. Like, I'm not training out of anything other than self-love. Like, this is me taking care of myself. This is me building trust with myself. This is me growing confidence. It's because I'm showing up and doing the thing. And what I love about the training side of it, the physical side of that development, this personal development, is it doesn't need a ton of opinion or emotion. It will fucking work. If you eat less, you will lose weight. If you fucking train, you will make progress. It's very simple. Some of the other stuff regarding like relationship progress or things that are a bit more ethereal are a little tricky, but it's the same recipe. To have the awareness of what worked or what didn't work and recalibrate. Dude. Yeah, 100%. 100%. It just seems really difficult. All this stuff, man, you just kind of have like a solid answer for all the questions I have. <laughs> and you make me just want to like punch my own face because a lot of the things that you're saying are so blatantly true. And it's like, damn. You have this You have this way of, of uh, you have this way of saying shit that like, like, at least in me, maybe, I don't know, and probably in others, but that it, it does. It pulls out blind spots. You bring awareness through, like, the answers and the way that you answer. There's, a, there's something that you're doing in your answers that's interesting, man. Is it intentional? Do you stop intentionally at certain po points? Do you use, po like, pauses intentionally? Like, or does that, is that just, like, your way of communicating? Because it's so, it's so, so razor sharp yes. in the way that you deliver that it's like, fuck. Yeah, yeah, of course I do. Yeah. Is that I something mean, you developed or is that something you've always had? Not developed, but you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, totally developed. Yeah. I mean, that's what fucking 500 podcast episodes are for. That's what journaling every day right. is for. That's what, 
being able to communicate in a way that makes me impeccable with my word is I don't ever want the person I'm talking to to lose the intention of what I want to help with. And there's 99% of the way we communicate is done non-verbally. It's in the tone of my voice. It's through the inflection. It's through the eye contact. It's through being able to pause. And so all of those are tools that help me accomplish my goal. It would probably behoove me to fucking be good at it. Yeah. Did you, uh, did you ever do like, uh, any, any like formal classes for that? Or is it just, I've done some, I've done some like public speaking classes and things like that. Like, uh, what is it called? What's the one where you, you go, it's, uh, what's this? It's like a club. Oh, there's like a Toasters. Yeah. Toastmasters. Yeah. I haven't done it. I've been to a Toastmasters and that's actually pretty dope. Like, I bet it, I bet it's great. Even if it's like your first time and you're just there to kind of check it out, like they'll make you get up in front of of people. Don't fucking discredit the power of communicating well. Right. That's all fucking Tony Robbins does better than you. For sure. Right? It's being able to have fucking mastery of his voice and what he's saying. Like, if we, if we took Tony Robbins and what he's capable of and went back fucking 2,000 years, that motherfucker's called a wizard. Yeah. He is on stage and saying things that essentially are spells. He is putting an energy out through his voice that changes the way fucking people in the room go forward with theirs. He's a fucking wizard. So believing your ability to communicate and get your ideas out and get your message across in a clear, succinct way is incredibly valuable. No one's fucking stumbling their way through helping people in mass. Hmm. It's listening to 500 episodes of a podcast and hearing where I say like and uh 300 times and where I pause and say fuck and having the awareness of those things to change them. Without the awareness, I can't do anything about it. There's an overarching theme of, of like finding ways to become aware of like what you are and what's going on, I seem, I feel. Does it get me closer to what I would like to do or not? Dude, in one of your videos... You, you talked about greatness and um, kind of what you thought greatness was, like what your your path towards greatness is. The idea of greatness being in the future, is greatness a destination, a place that you get, something that you reach, or does greatness start in the moment you decided to move forward? What's your, what's your definition of greatness? Um, I think... I look at greatness as, at this point, like, I don't, was I great at the Highland Games? Yeah, I think using great in that terminology, right? Like, if you can take, if you've ever been a world champion, you're great at that thing. That's a pretty fucking one that we don't have to argue that's pretty black and white. But what I look at now, like, that's a fucking moment. That doesn't make me great. That means I had a fucking great day. On that day, I was great. But it's the decade of showing up in the field and throwing by myself with intention when I'm sore, when things don't work, when it's fucking rainy, and saying no to all the things that are distractions from that goal that begged greatness out of me. It requires my full fucking attention. And if it doesn't, then I'm not going to be great at it. I want to do things that beg for my fucking full attention, that, that involve me having to take care of myself. If I want to coach, if I want to mentor, if I want to lead, 
then I need to walk the walk more than I fucking talk about it. Me being fat, unfucking acceptable. Unacceptable. Me being healthy, totally mandatory. So I do the things that make that. Not because of the packaging, but because I know it's fucking important. And I know that I can help more people if this thing requires my greatness and I keep answering the call. It's me that has to get into the journal. It's me that has to go to the other things. It's me that has to show up all the time. It's me that has to learn. It's me that has to go through the uncomfortable awareness of where I'm fucking up and decide to take a different action. Like, I want things that require greatness out of me. I want things that fucking scare me. Hmm. That I know for me to accomplish this, it'll take everything I can fucking pull together. So you use, to some degree, you use fear, like scare, you use fear as something. Illumination like of a, the course, man. Yeah. Same thing as anxiety. I got a bit on fear here from George S. Patton because I, I had a bunch of stuff ready for this okay. conversation. <laughs> Just kidding. I, uh, I like to do this because, like, look, these guys seem to know what they're talking about. In any case, he says, courage is not the obstacle. Uh, sorry, courage is not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. When fear is conquered, it gives birth to courage, the foundation of greatness, which kind of perfect, perfectly fits into what we're doing. So, yeah, I think, I think that's really a more elegant way of saying what I said. You, that's exactly right. I was like, man, like, you just basically, you George S. Patton, this bitch just now. So do you think it's possible to reach greatness without overcoming fear? Is success on the other side of fear? Not for me. Hmm. Not the way I define success. Yeah. So success, so success is always Look, man, defined if by success you're doing. fucking hanging out and laying on the couch and acting like veal your whole goddamn life. Yeah. Right on. Real talk. You can, so is that greatness though? Because to some degree, if you can do that. I don't care how you define it. Yeah. I'm not here to tell you how to fucking live your life. I don't give a shit. But would it be great? If that person lived their life at 100 miles an hour, but it's on the couch kicking it, is that still considered greatness? If, if they, that's what makes them happy. Yeah. And they're not ever in a state where it says, I want more, I wish this, I'm depressed, I'm sad, I'm fucking these things. Right on, man. Right? I ain't here to fucking tell you it's wrong. Yeah. So, so greatness could be, doesn't need to be, so to some degree... I mean, you don't need, to some degree, and I'm just saying this, to some degree, as long as, well, you might experience fear being like, hey, I'm going to just kick it on the couch because this is where, I, this is my best self on a couch. Like, if, if that's going to be a bit scary, I'd say, because, you, you know, everyone's going to be like, get off the fucking couch. And you're like, I don't want everybody to fucking judge me for being Well, the then couch. have less friends. Have less. Lean into your thing and quit giving a fuck about their opinion. And if that's being on the couch, right on. Right on. Do I think that you're more useful that way? Do I think that you're more benefit society or your, or your surroundings or other people you love that way? I don't. Also not my fucking choice. And if you're laying around on the couch, I don't imagine you're asking me for your fucking opinion. Yeah. I'm interested in people who are interested in greatness. If you're not, I don't fucking care. Mm. I'm not here to talk you into it. I'm not here to convince you that your life is fucking worth making the most of. If you don't give a shit... Neither do I. My energy goes toward those who also fucking care in my life. So Jordan Peterson, he talks about this. I don't know how you, I know people like him, don't like him, doesn't matter. But he has this bit on, uh, he has this bit on, you're morally obligated 
to become your best possible self so that you contribute to the betterment of human humanity. Do you think there's any truth to that? No. Are you morally obligated? I don't think you're morally obligated to do anything. Hmm. I think that there will be consequences for it. And as far as I can tell, everyone who doesn't go that route seems to point the finger at everyone else and seems to be unhappy and be more medicated and have all these other problems. Do I think society as a whole would benefit if everyone felt that way? Fuck yeah, I do. But my job ain't to fix society. I'm here to fix me. I want me to be my best. That's all I want everyone to do. Be the fucking change, right? That's walk the walk. Do the shit that's important to you and quit giving your attention to the things that don't. That's why I don't watch the news. That's why I don't pay attention to this, any of this other bullshit that are distractions from my fucking path. That's why I'm locked into a fucking building that looks the way I want it to. Because I create my universe. Hmm. Did you ever believe at any point in your life that, that you couldn't, you couldn't create your universe, that you were stuck to a certain path? Yeah. Yeah, when my bike shop failed, whenever my marriage failed, whenever I wasn't good in school, whenever any of those things. I thought all those were limiting archetypes that I had stumbled upon and realized, like, fuck, we're not going to be able to go that route. Just not smart enough. We're not going to be able to go that route. We're not good enough. We're not going to be able to go that route. We're not a good enough athlete. We're not going to be able to do this. Like, yeah, I believe those limitations. Hmm. It's these limiting thoughts, man. It seems like success is going to well, be... I'm aware now that they're a liar. And so I don't give any of them any weight. I've done too much now to realize they're bullshit. They're not true. They're habits. They're daily action. Hmm. So now taking all of this, I guess the gain, taking the gain... Using the game to move forward, what is it? What is it for you moving forward? If you were to, if you were to draft a picture, let's say like we did a, just a, an exercise. I know that you were saying that this is just going to manifest through what you want in the moment. Let's say that you did. What would be? What would be something? What's your wildest dream, man? What's the future for you? I have a lot of wild dreams. Let's hear them. Um, I want to travel and drive the Pan American Highway. Um, that one's a big one. That seems like a fucking wildly stressful adventure that the capabilities I would earn on the other side of it would be wildly beneficial for everything. Um, I want to do more public speaking and pursue that as a business. I want to continue to host and lead retreats but i mean what that is is i want to create experiences that fucking don't blend into the rest of the life someone has i want them out of autopilot i want i want to live in another country for a period of time um i've got two books in the works that i'm going to write and finish uh i'm going to build this van A lot of dreams. What would you say? Wh what's the next one? What's the what's the what's the first one out of all of those that you you feel like you're putting most energy into? Like what that? Let's say one of those. Let's say those are all buckets. Which one has the most weight? Well, I mean, so 
there's different buckets, right? Like I have a physical bucket. I have an emotional bucket. I have this adventure bucket and then I have my business bucket. And those all get the attention at the same time. But I'm also aware that I'm not looking for the sake of being fucking busy to show people how much I'm pushing the, the business thing. If I'm not efficiently working, fucking get better at it. I don't want to spend 12 hours a day talking about my fucking business and working on it. Yeah. I want to figure out how to make me obsolete so that I can go do the things I want to do. I'm not rewarding myself with more hard work for doing hard work. I'm not that in love with having a giant fucking bank account. It's cool. It's better than not having one. But I also know adding a zero to mine doesn't fucking change anything. This is still what I'd be doing. Is that freedom? To me, it is. Being able to do what you want on your terms. Yeah, I'm happy. Be considered? I think I'm happy now. You know, I'm not chasing, trying to be happy in the future. Like, I'm into my life now. I'm into who I am now. I'm very curious to see what it continues to grow and adapt to. At this point, I trust me. I bet it's going to be fun. Yeah. How often do you, how often do you feel like you're, and maybe do you have a mechanism for this? Because you seem like you have a mechanism for most of my questions. I need better questions. But do you have a mechanism for for like figuring out when you start to weigh into the, because you, you are, seem to be a pretty ambitious dude. You're a dreamer for sure. I don't have any doubt that you put in all of your effort into the things that you love. That's difficult to do that, continuing to push into it. You're dealing with all these failures. You're a human being. Do you have a mechanism to get you to realize or become aware of yourself in when you're measuring yourself up to the gap? And if so, what is that mechanism? To switch from the gap back to the game? No, to become aware that you're in the gap. Well, I mean, it's just a moment, right? Like it's using comparison or doing any of those other things to judge the path I'm on. They don't have shit to do with it. Anything anyone else has ever accomplished is just proof of that, proof of concept. Yeah. I don't want anyone else's life. It's not an option, so that's really fucking great. Nor am I that interested in anyone else's approval of my life over mine. And so systematically, right, like if I catch myself in the gap now and I catch myself operating at a scarcity because it pops up, dude, it's fucking natural. I'm not good at this by any means. I'm just getting better at it. Um, I stop and immediately treat it with abundance. Thank you for being able to notice that we're thinking this way. Thank you for knowing that I can change. Thank you for being able to see how much progress we've made. Thank you for the effort that we put that we put in. Thank you for the discipline. Thank you for the consistency. Thank you for all the progress we've made in the last 10 years accomplishing things that we thought were impossible. Hmm. Is that like some form of uh is that some form of like spirituality or some form of I don't know. I mean, it is what it is, right? Like I use it for gratitude. These ideals are interesting. Like you definitely, it seems like you, you form a lot of things, a lot of your opinions around, or at least your ideals around gratitude, around the principle of gratitude. Mm -hmm. So that seems like something that's powerful. Um, well, it'd be the opposite of scarcity. 
why is fucking gratitude? What is it about gratitude? I mean, what is it about gratitude? You always hear about the gratitude. You always hear about it. You hear about awareness. Like, be aware of yourself. Like, what is it about gratitude? Why is gratitude? Because it, it makes 100%. It, what's the importance of being present? Like, why does it matter? Because the anxiety and any of the other bullshit doesn't exist in the present. The anxiety is some fear about where you're headed. It's some unknown. It's some, I'm obsessed with the way this is going to turn out. Right? So, which means you should probably give a full fuck about it. The anxiety doesn't mean we don't, we don't want to go that way. The anxiety means this gets all of our fucking attention. That I give a fuck about the result. I can find gratitude in any moment of being able to say how lucky I am to pursue this. How lucky I am to be able to fail at it. How lucky I am to be able to make choices for myself. How lucky I am that I wasn't issued a job because I grew up in a fucking communist country. How lucky I am to have a body that works. This fucking air in my lungs. This fucking heart in my chest. Thank you for the lunacy in my head that makes me stand out. Thank you for the trust. You know, that's where I say it and I stack the fucking evidence because the voice in my head isn't nice to me. It's getting better. Hmm. But I know that guy only gets to take about 20 negative shitty swings at me a day. Right? And if I do the gratitude work, and one of the ways I do it is using my mala... What is, the, what is a, the mala budge? It's a prayer beads, whatever you want to call it. Gotcha. Um, I traded a necklace I had with a guy in Egypt for his. Huh. Um, and so this is the one I have. And the way I use it is simple, a physical instrument for gratitude. Is I will stop a number of times throughout the day and sit and go around each one of the beads and say thank you for something in my life. Thank you for the clean water I have to drink. Thank you for the warm bed I woke up in this morning. Thank you for the love that I feel from my partner. Thank you for the love my parents gave me. Thank you for all the success I found and the challenges throughout my life. And I can go around 108 of those. Hmm. And if I do that five times a day, those 540 thank yous sure the fuck outweigh the 20 negative ones. Yeah, man. That's, a, that's I think awesome. the universe responds kindly. I think the universe is listening and taking your order. It doesn't fucking know that you're allergic to the thing you keep ordering. It just keeps sending it because you keep telling it that's what you want to give your attention to. There's a quote that, that I love that illustrates what you're talking about. It's, you don't experience life. You experience what you focus on. How do you focus? Relic of intention? Put this around your neck. It's genius. It's awesome that you do that, man. Um, and that was like, uh, that's like prayer beads, prayer beads. What was it called again? Mala. Mala. You're the second person to have a mala on, by the way, mm -hmm. uh, on the podcast. So that's why I had to ask. Cause I'm like, what is that? Who's the other one? Uh, Sam Schaefer. Oh yeah. You got it from, uh, Bonnie. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I figured it was, uh, I figured there it has was to do with our community. <laughs> yeah. Straight up. You, you have a remarkable community. Well, I mean, but this is one of the things we talk about in it is a lot is gratitude. Yeah. And like we were talking about that physical, like it's, you got to be intentional about gratitude. It's just interesting that it's so important that you're intentional about being about one, having a relic of intention, something that brings you back around to what you're trying to focus on. Focus is such an interesting thing when somebody's feeling lost and let me know what you think on this, because it's not fully developed. It's just kind of in the works, but I think there's three things that somebody's fucking off on one, one, one of three. If somebody's like, man, I have no idea what's going on. One is clarity. They're, they don't have a plan. They're not clear on who they are, what they are, what they want, what all, all that shit. Clarity. So clarity is one. That, that's big. The second one is discipline. 
Like you're clear on what you want. Beautiful. You're clear that you, that like you want to be grateful. You know, the benefits of gratitude. You understand that you veer off. So you do things like this. Let's throw something around the neck. So that way we can like, I can, I can have something that brings my focus throughout a busy day back to like, Hey, look, yeah, I set the alarm on my phone. Then the third one, hundred percent. So another relic, another, another thing, another tool you're using to refocus the last. So that's exactly what that third one is, is focus. So there's clarity, discipline, focus. I know what I want. I'm, do, I'm executing it. And then I'm making sure I remember to do so. So there's like automatic, autom- automate this focus part. I think people think that once they're really, it, once they feel like they're, they're super like, man, I'm so motivated right now. I know I want this. And they really do. They really do want this. But then eventually one week goes by, two weeks goes by, you know, the monotony of success is really boring at some point. It just starts to become kind of, you know, repetitions are required. 500 podcasts. You know, I'm at 100. I got a long way to go and I'm not worried about it. I love this. This is what I love doing. This is why I do it. I make zero money to fucking meet Matt Vincent. Guaranteed 100%. I know that for 100% fact. Don't give a shit. Like this is like an excuse for me to bring you to my podcast or bring me into this place to talk with me. And then you come here and you fucking just enlighten me dude i love that shit <sighs> so those three things those what, things are a bit of a stretch but no, dude, happy to that. share them no fuck that i love it dude that it dude like the shit you're saying is right on point like i'm just trying to figure out how to communicate it the way you communicate it because if i say some shit like this i feel like i get a lot of like yeah but jordan you don't know this i'm like you, if you if you try to, arguing with them right if you try to convince right me on. Just right, right. I, that's my problem is i'm 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 going with the philosophy of how do you inspire the horse to drink but like, if you're con- trying to convince me why you can't, then you're fucking right, man. Yep. And so like, but I feel like people sort of get like, if you believe something right now, you believe something. I say, Matt, you know what? Your belief wrong. Immediately you have an emotion. That's going to be like, fuck you. Right. You're wrong. Not, not particularly well, anymore not, at this age. Not particularly. Right. Right. But like, let's I and would you, respond again with right on. Right on. Right. And for sure. I believe that out of you hundred percent, but, but most people are not like Mr. Bet. And so like, what's hard is I'll be like, look, I'm, I've been a coach for 11 years, man. It's like, I see what, what makes a person win. And usually it's being open-minded and trying to bring awareness to their blind spots. You're telling me, yeah, but Jordan, like you don't understand my life. It's not for me to understand. Because if you're going to continue to tell me you can't and you want it, you told me you want it and you believe you want it, but you're telling me you can't because X, Y, Z, then there's nothing I can do. And I just find that to be interesting because then I'll be like, look, I'll say that to them and then they'll just get mad. And now uh, because they'll be emotional about like protecting their beliefs, cognitive dissonance is a real thing. Well, I mean, yeah, right. Like that's what the ego does. The ego wants to be right. The ego wants to keep us the same because all it knows is that whatever we've done have kept us alive. And that's its only fucking job. I don't need its help that much anymore. I want to be able to change. I want to be able to try new ideas and be fucking wrong. I think, you know, the student is typically the one who always wants to be able to say, yeah, I know. I have an answer. I know. Whereas I think leaders or mastery is being able to take whatever it said and say, thanks for the reminder. Hmm. That's an interesting point. Elaborate on that. Well, I mean, anything that you're getting mastery on, right? Like you understand that there's so much to learn. There's some point of mastery when you realize how much you don't know. 
and how many different perspectives there are and how many different ways there are to accomplish the same thing. But when you're in that process and as a student and start gaining some confidence, you get really dogmatic about things and that this is right and this is how it has to happen. And I know this and I'll fucking defend it with my life. Yeah, because some folks will fucking let their kids like die because they don't do like right. blood, different like technologies and shit. Like they'll like, I mean, they care about the kid, but like they'll be right on, man. They'll be like, look, we're just not going to do it. Yeah, man, that's powerful. You can't break that. Can you break that? Can you break that? I think everything's changeable. Yeah. Dude, are there people that, does everybody have the ability to have your perspective, to grow into your perspective? My personal one? Yeah. Well, not your personal one, but like your ability to know. It's not your perspective per se, but your ability to not care or, or understand, I guess it'd be understand that like you don't have to be a certain way there is well, no problem so i want to be real clear it's not don't care not don't care right right right. i care a fuckload about the things i chose yeah the people i chose the information i choose the life i choose anything outside of that gets fucking little to none of my energy i sure as fuck I'm not giving any energy to some guy who drives like a dick. He doesn't get access to my fucking emotions, man. I don't care how you drive. Move on with your life. I will happily say sorry. Whatever makes this as frictionlessly as possible for me to continue going back to the thing that I care about. That's where my energy goes. And do you think that's possible for, because you're also, because you, you've, you've demonstrated this with your story of like a divorce with somebody you truly care, you still have a, a very still strong relationship. very much, yeah. And I think that's, that's, that's amazing. I'd say that's pretty uncommon. Would you, w- right, right, <laughs> right, right. That's what I'm saying. So, does everybody. I see the masses going, I typically yeah. zig. Yeah, dude, hundred percent. Oh, you guys are all over there. Sick. I want to go over here. Hundred <laughs> percent, dude. This is yeah. I would. I think I would live in the. I, I couldn't live in the woods because I'm too. I'm. I have too much fun doing this. I have way too much fun doing this. But uh, I like both. Right, right. I like both. They can both exist together. Yeah, yeah. 100%. I love being home. Yeah. What's your favorite? Where's your favorite place to be? On Earth. On Earth. That's good. Fuck, man. Hell yeah. There's a what lot if, of places. What if you went to Mars? What if you went to Mars and Mars? There's was, nothing. There's nothing in Mars. I'm just, there's fucking nothing on Mars. It's not a fucking chunk of wood. There's not any water to drink. It fucking, it looks like Wadi Rum out in Jordan, except less stuff. Yeah, 100%. You would not want to go to Mars, man. No. That would be the worst place ever to go. I mean, I can't, do I get to come back? <laughs> I don't think you do. I think what no, you get the first people trip. that go to Mars is a one-way trip. Yeah, I don't mind. They are now Martians. Yeah, and their their name will be on like some flag, but I don't know if I care about the flag. There's lots of places I like for different reasons, man. I really love time I've spent in Uganda. I really Egypt was really fucking rad. Um motorcycle trips I've been on. Burning Man last year was incredible. Uh we'll go back to Iceland in July. I love Iceland and always have. Um Man, there's lots of places. There's also so many places I haven't been. Yeah, man. Like most of Earth. Most, right. Like the vast majority. I've been basically nowhere. That's what's kind of nice, though. Fuck yeah. Yeah. 
That like there are so many. I don't so want the places. same experience. Like go to the same fucking place for beach vacation every year. So cool. I'm on autopilot then too. That's the that's why people do it. That's why people do that though. Don't you think that easy? It's easy. We know where it's at. We know where the stuff is. It's we do it every year. That I I and the way that you relax, man, is getting fucking drunk. Yeah, right, right. I think we picked a weird drug to back in this country. Is interesting, right? <laughs> like the alcohol was the kind of the way we went. If you do any of these other drugs, you're like a bad person. But like, if the you alcohol is like the, the one that I have to explain why I don't use. Do you? Yeah, right. Isn't that interesting? I, I think it's. I think we've done an incredible job of marketing. I also understand why alcohol has been popular, right? Like because. When cities started to form, that bar or whatever it was, the only place you could drink something at that didn't make you sick. That is crazy, yeah. You weren't aware that boiling it had this process to it. After alcohol, the next thing we had for people to drink was fucking coffee and tea. Yeah, caffeine. And you can see how this changed productivity in our fucking country, like, overnight. Which is crazy, dude. I Of course it does. We went from drinking a fucking depressant and being half-lit all fucking day... To being on the gas. Yeah, of course it changed. Dude, what would it have been like? What would it what would it have been like to be alive like like during those times? Like probably like painful, but which I get. But like just to be alive during that time? No thanks. Yeah, could you imagine? Some people say, like, man, it was so much better back then. Disagree. One million percent, guys. (laughs) Guys. And no fucking there isn't any other time I'd rather live in than currently. Yeah, fully. And actually, I would kind of, I kind of want to see what the future is going to look. Yeah, like. but I'm only interested in the future by like a thousand years. Yeah, me too. Yeah, or ten. But why? Why do you say that? Well, because if we're ten thousand years in the future, like I can kind of make a few assumptions that we sorted a few things out, like we didn't kill ourselves. Yeah, it's just straight up. You know, so we probably sorted out some of the climate things. We and whether or not. Like, I believe in climate change is a cyclical thing that happens on the planet because everything has peaks and valleys and ups and downs and changes. Do I think we're doing anything to help? I do not. Yeah, that's the thing, man. So do you think, do you, do are do you? Do I think as a species that we are a fucking problem for the planet? I do. Yeah. It, it's, but Earth doesn't care. Yeah. Earth will happily shake us the fuck off like fleas and it's done it before and it'll do it again. And it's kind of crazy. Do you believe in the, uh, do you believe in like the early driest period? Have, have you, are you aware of like, I'm more of like a 6,000 years, everyone was created Adam and Eve type of thing. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah. I, I could feel, I feel, yeah, I felt out of you since yeah, the beginning. The I was like, you're just, yeah, yeah. I, I like, I like Daddy Graham. So you, so like you think like basically there's like 12,000, 13,000, maybe 14,000 years ago, there was like sophisticated civilization in the early driest period, basically. What I do know. believe that there's, I don't think we know much of what Earth's history is. Yeah. That's what I would say. And it probably did what you're saying. That's what I think. It's like, I don't have like any specific like hard beliefs. Like, I will fight for this because of the evidence. Actually, I just think it's kind of just a more fun way of thinking. Like, man, seeing the pyramids or seeing Karnak Temple or any of this is very altering. Yeah. Your video, by the way, was fucking remarkable. I've been, I like, uh. And I, I fuck you not. I could show you it's on my vision board. Egypt is my next place. So I was like, fuck you. Man. It's a good one. But that was good. Uh, I've always wanted to go. I've always wanted to go to Egypt. I've always wanted to see the, the, the pyramids because the pyramids are fucking incredible. And nobody knows what the fuck. And the Sphinx, man, when you, when you were there, so you actually have been there, the Sphinx, mm-hmm. do you, like, does it really look like that, like, this head was put on afterwards and there used to be something? Or do you think it's like, oh, no. This no, I think it got recarved. I think they're pretty common with understanding that it had a different face on it at one point and then got carved in to match something else's face oh so they uh, that's agreed upon i think so 
Yeah, I also, thought I'm not a fucking Egypt. Right, me either. I just look. I'm just interested. I was hoping you did like a, a yeah. I guided mean, tours. I think the pyramids are far older than we give credit. Um, yeah, by a lot. I also think something else is going on there. Yeah, just from what they're made of, and then. So, like, the only three things that exist in fucking ancient Egypt or in Egypt from ancient Egypt now are, like, tombs, temples, and the pyramids, right? Tombs and temples are fucking covered in hieroglyphs everywhere. Like, there's no fucking available room. The pyramids don't have a goddamn thing on them or in them. Hmm. Which... If there's something that we spent a couple thousand years making, they're important. They're not just a pyramid, right? They're not just there to be this pile of fucking stone. It's not a man-made mountain. These weren't slaves building this thing. This is a population that we would need a giant caloric surplus to be able to fucking feed to get this work done. For a long time. Hmm. For a few thousand years. We also don't have any idea or ability to comprehend what a fucking thousand years of effort toward a single goal looks like. America treats 50 years like forever. And it's cool, man. We're on our first draft of this whole thing. That was crazy, man. It's only been like three, 250 years, roughly a little over. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of wild. It's kind of wild. And the state uh, of the – there's a really good book uh, called I – mean, With that said, I do think the fact that all of our infrastructure in this country has been built in the last 120 years is more impressive than the pyramids. Right. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. Could we make – could we do the pyramids? This pyra is a giant landscape. It covers a lot of area, and we have figured out roads and transportation and fucking power grid and sewer grid and water stuff. I think that's all incredible. Dude, you, yeah, back— It's more incredible than a pile of rocks. The pile of rocks is still fucking rad. I don't understand in any way how it got done. I believe that there was technology that we don't have access to currently. Well, it's sort of like the idea that, like, it requires pressure, and it doesn't always, but it re almost requires pressure for innovation. Think about it like this. They say that the, that in the United States, at least, that the, 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 um, the IQ of people is dropping at a certain rate every year, and they know this. But if you were to back that up all the way to the Egyptian pyramids— like people would have been geniuses. Oh, everyone would have been geniuses. And here's my thought on that. If that's true, if that was the trend that continued moving forward, the idea would be this, man. Like, think about this. Back in the day, it was like, to your point, you're all getting hammered just to not die by the next virus, right? Mm -hmm. Like everyone's just getting hammered so that they don't die. But they got to stay hydrated. So like you have to have like seven kids so one makes it forward because of how harsh the surroundings are to live like you're right. sleeping on shit you're you're like eating animals you're you're like gonna get diseased by like people think that you want to go all raw there's a reason why we cook shit man because people were dying eating raw fucking animals that were diseased up long story short imagine your kid is coming up in that environment you are going to have to, like, you're going to have to teach your kid like a fucking Spartan. You're going to be like, look, I want you to survive. Like, I can't, I cannot, I cannot shield you from the world at any point. From the beginning, you start learning. Once you start, you start learning because you will die if you don't start learning from day one. Not like, oh, it's too young to, no, dude, we're, we're going to just start putting it through it. There's utility to that because I want to continue moving the species along the way. So I thought, if you have an entire population like that, we talked about community. If you have a community of motherfuckers so fucking do just like, look, 
I survived out of my seven brothers and sisters. They all are gone now. They didn't make it. Mm -hmm. We all, you know, you are, you're a champion. You survived this crazy thing. Now you're in a community of people who had to survive the same. So you've got all these people with the pressure of survival, like, but community, there's still community, there's sophistication. This is going to, this is going to push like, like innovation in ways that like you probably, we probably don't even know like what kind of innovation that pushes. Yeah, but we're, we're, so let's use Egypt since at least there's a, we have some knowledge there, right? You don't just start building pyramids. Like we have gotten to a certain level of sophistication before that's a thing we start doing, which means we're already growing crops, which means we're no longer nomad, nomadic, right? So we have other characteristics. And everything you're saying is true. I do believe the survival of the fittest that comes from that period of time creates very interesting evolution. But you're talking about the Egyptian culture was around for 6,000 fucking years. Yeah. We're not survivors at that point. We have generation of artists. Yeah. Right? Artists don't survive the cataclysm. Right. The people that survive each round when shit goes south are monsters. And then that gets a reset. We lose a bunch of the information. There's a point th that you made there that that's interesting. The the people that survive are monsters. Yeah, a lot of people think that like centralized government's bad, but if I think currently there's a good book called uh, The Sovereign Individual. I think you would love that book if you haven't read it already. What's um, it about? Naval Ravikant was doing a TED talk, and he not a TED talk, but he was doing a, a Sapiens. What's that? See, some guy wrote Sapiens. I believe. Uh, don't don't quote me on that because I don't I don't know. Uh, but look, uh, he he's kind of Naval Ravikant is kind of like this crazy kind of modern day intellectual. Like he's been on Joe Rogan, you know the whole thing. He's yeah. kind of a business entrepreneur. Yeah, so yeah, he he, he wrote Sapiens. Um, Did he? Yeah, and Sapiens is great. However, I also know that he is a consultant for the World Economic Forum. And so, like, I'll, I'll take his information through that lens a little. That bit. I didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> but that I didn't know. But he talked. He 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 references this book in one of his speeches called the uh, the Sovereign Individual, and it talks about how societies have been run all the way from hunter gatherers, and why we run it currently, like based on, like the it's all basically based on. Um, civilization is based on violence it's run by violence and if you don't have a centralized government then the most the person willing to do or the group willing to do the most violent mm -hmm. violence will run uh, well, that's why we put laws in place right so someone like hapthor doesn't just become king of earth yeah well wait who's have who's hapthor hapthor's a uh, world's strongest man from iceland and you don't want that guy you don't got that guy being do i want him to be king simply because he's six foot ten and 400 fucking pounds i do not <laughs> no yeah I guess he's right. a genuine great guy, <laughs> maybe a great king. But what I'm saying is without laws and these other type of things, that's what we end up with. Yeah. Is the biggest and fucking strongest takeover. The whole reason that the, the separation between women and men has been what it is with patriarchy and everything else is because we're fucking bigger and stronger. Yeah. That's it. They've had to fucking deal with it because of that trait. Yeah. Dude, and that's kind of what it was like back then. Dude, those freaking, uh, dude, those Vikings were nuts, man. They would just, dude, those Vikings were just getting after it back then, dude. Like, you would just be, like, milling your farm and those, they'd just arrow you up. 
you know, like you might, you're not doing nothing wrong. You're just getting an arrow. But uh, yeah, that, that's what, that's another th- reason why like being alive back in the day was like, you're just minding your own business. And you not interested. Not interested. But uh, no, but the sovereign individual though, the, the premise is that micro, micro technology, micro computing will change the way that society particularly runs because it's, it's like, there's like a digital fiefdom basically that is being created. And so how do you create lines and ownership and all this stuff, but people can basically protect their assets from violence on their own without centralized government, which throws off the power of government. And so it explains and basically predicts what will happen. What's interesting is that the fucking, the Apple Vision Pro just came out. I don't know if you're aware of this mm-hmm. thing. This technology is insane, but it's kind of what they're, to- some some first form of what they're talking Especially about. Especially because it's the Atari version of it. Yeah. Wait, what do you mean? Because it's like oh, augmented oh, reality. Version. I see. Yeah, yeah. Is, is coming. Yeah. And we're going to continue down that path. Like we've we've already shown we're into it. We've shown that we will invest in it, and that that's coming. Um, how much better it gets? Be real interesting, dude. Here's my thought on this because I don't think this is that crazy. Tell me what you think. Because I was like, once I saw this when when Snapchat started throwing like when Snapchat started throwing these digital characters into the physical space and they were like interacting with your couch or whatever. You remember that when that thing happened? I didn't really use it. I saw my wife, my wife, uses okay. it. I don't really use too many of them. Long story short, it's like everyone's got this app with this technology where you can have this little app, this little like character sort of just kind of run around in the space and it, and it interacts with your physical space. It's in an app. So I'm like, this is insane because immediately I thought, what else, what, how could this make more money? And this is how. So I'm thinking, dude, the Apple Vision Pro, put this thing on your head. Now you have digital content interacting with the physical space, okay? So if I'm wearing this thing and I'm in my house, I can walk around my house and I can have digital assets up. I can have videos playing here, timers there, notes there, whatever. Now, if somebody comes in, I don't know if it can do this, but let's say it can because I don't see why it wouldn't. If you come into my space with, with this, my actual house, with your Vision Pro on, you see my stuff. Now, the NFT makes a lot more sense owning digital content and putting it up to where like other people can't put it in their digital space. Okay, good to go. But here's where I think it's Yeah, right. And this is where I think is, is what I think is interesting. Okay, if that all happens and you're creating a digital world, there has to be a digital world where this digital content basically interacts with that's how you pin stuff or whatever. So if you walk outside right now, you see St. Louis, good to go. You see St. Louis as it is. You go with the digital. Now let's say you have the the, the Vision Pro. Sure, it's creating a it's creating a three D digital model of everything around you because right now I can connect this this screen to this if I sit on the bench. So right. So that had to happen just based on it making like making its way through. So if everybody's wearing these, you have basically a virtual space being created. If that becomes the case eventually, then that means that every that means the data exists at scale for this whole building to be marketable to people who want to sell advertising. So for example, you could walk down for far cheaper, you could walk down St. Louis and it's like a little Vegas for far cheaper than building a little Vegas because I can put a screen up. I could, damn, the sky is a fucking going to be a Coca-Cola sign, you know, Coca-Cola advertisement. You can say Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola owns. It's going to be real interesting. What boundaries we decide to set with it. Wow. Do you, you think that, that that's possible out there? I mean, I just feel like, why wouldn't they? That's not crazy. Nope. I don't think it's crazy either. Do and, I think that they're going to figure out how to use it to make money? Yeah. 
That's kind of crazy. Are you 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 don't like. What's your thoughts on it? Are you for not for or against? Do you mind? Do you care? Does it matter? Would you, would you? Does it help buy me get to what I would like? Oh yeah. I don't know. I guess it's yeah. You got to make. You got to figure that out. Right. Doesn't work. Will I let not learning how to use that device be the difference in me getting what I want and not having it? No. I'll learn it. I can mm. adapt. I also understand the difference in like. This isn't good or bad. Right. It's a fucking hammer. That's all that is. It's a fucking tool. It's a military-grade hammer. You can either bash your fucking brains in, or I can hammer a little bitty nail. The hammer doesn't care. It's user error. Dude, that's extreme ownership. Yeah, it's extreme ownership all the way from the all the way from the uh, all the way from the top, dude. I didn't realize the time. I'm having so much fucking fun talking to you. It's definitely. I think it's over. yeah. It's about one o'clock. It's probably about time. Yeah, yeah. But I, uh, dude, I would, I would, uh, like I said, I would talk your ear off the whole fucking day, bro. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I got one more show. Uh, one more question to ask you. I ask us to everybody, and I can't wait to hear yours. Um, but like I said, dude, I'm, I'm so grateful for the opportunity to talk with you, man. I know you could be anywhere else, and you spent like three hours. I I'm where I, I want to be. I only wanted to be. I only want. It only usually is two. I didn't want to take too much of your time. I appreciate the fuck out of you. I'm so grateful. Um, in any case, let's go with the last question. If you had the attention of every person on the planet, all 8 billion of these beautiful motherfuckers, what would be your message right now, this moment? Oof. No time to prepare. Um, I mean, just fucking be nicer to each other. We realize everyone's going through it. We're so competitive in so many ways that we tend to also be really competitive in trauma and pain. And we don't see our own and see where we are because we'll compare it to someone else's and make it not valuable. But your experience is yours. And be able to own it. And be able to understand that you can change. That you can go forward. You can create the life you want to create, but it'll cost you your old one. Mm, fucking beautiful, man. Thank you so much for coming on the show. No that, was a, that was a fucking blast, brother. So, so grateful. Great fun. Where can they find you, my man? Matthew P. Vincent on Instagram. Um, not Dead Yet Life is coaching mentorship group. Uh, that's Not Dead Yet underscore life on Instagram. Indy Life is the website. NotDeadYet.com is the brand. Podcast is Not Dead Yet. I think that sorts it all out. Beautiful. That's all going to be in the description as well. So for everybody who's jumping in and listening all the way through. playing at home. Yeah. Move oh, your bingo pieces to the, all the inf information's in the description. And all the information in the description, my man. Well, thank you so much. Thank you everybody for listening in. That was so much fun. Damn, I love this shit. And always remember guys, think big, live better, and we'll see you on the next one. Peace. Peace.